Okay, good evening and welcome to the November 1st, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. President Rick Swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he's joined by Vice President Jose Lopez, Commissioner John Trezvina, Commissioner Alex Lumberg, and Commissioner J.R. Epler. Also present is Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber, who will provide the board with any needed legal advice. At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. In front, we have Corey Teague, the zoning administrator representing the planning department, and Matthew Green, deputy director inspection services for the Department of Building Inspection. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. Appellants, permit holders, and department respondents each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven or three minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. Time may be limited to two minutes if the agenda is long or if there are a large number of speakers. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination or to grant a, a rehearing or jurisdiction request. If you have questions about requesting a rehearing the board rules or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV, cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now public comment can be provided in three ways. One, in person. Two, via Zoom. Go to our website, sfgov.org forward slash BOA and click on hearings and then the Zoom link for this hearing. Um, Public comment can also be provided by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar ID 817-2653-7436. And again, SFGovTV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first dial star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star nine, which is the equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star six to unmute yourself. You will have two to three minutes depending on the length of the agenda and the volume of speakers. Our legal assistant will provide you with a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there is interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to boardofappeals.sfgov.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comments or opinions. Please note that we will take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. Please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. 
if you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say, I do, after you've been sworn in or affirmed. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Okay, thank you. If you are a participant and you're not speaking, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. So we are moving on to item number one. This is general public comment. This is an opportunity for anyone who'd like to speak on a matter within the board's jurisdiction, but that is not on tonight's calendar. And I do know that we have a speaker here for general public comment, Mr. Bruno. And Mr. Bruno did submit a written public comment as well, which I put before you, commissioners. Yes, please. You have three minutes. Before I start, may I place this so I don't waste the three minutes doing these? No problem. We won't start your, your time until you're set up. Overhead, please. Is it possible to see that? You don't have to see my face. This is more important. I'm sorry. It goes like that. So it says, the arrow points to And then just so I know how this is going to look when I show the picture. You want to zoom out? No, it's, it's fine. I'd rather not play with machines and stuff. It's fine. Okay. No. okay thank you, Valala, for helping. You're welcome. You've been always extremely helpful, as all of you have. And I, I appreciate your time again. So my name is Mark Bruno. I'm a long-term tenant resident of 15 Nobles Alley. We are on September 27th. I testified both about an illegal ADU permit attempt by my landlord for the third time, as was stated by this board. Were it not for the tenants who live in the building, this board and the city of San Francisco would not know that the landlord at the building was misusing and avoiding uh, circum circumventing the laws regarding an ADU by submitting uh, plans that were false. So what I'm here for was the second part of that permit hearing on the 27th, a permit hearing regarding plumbing. Why is it that the city of San Francisco penalizes, so-called penalizes, a property owner when they have avoided the law and misused a permit to do work that is not permitted, why is the uh, penalty, here's another permit? This was asked by all of you at that hearing. It's not an irrelevant, and I'm not, certainly not trying to be disrespectful to the board, uh, to the Department of uh, Building, but that is exactly what's going on at plumbing. This man, my owner, has done uh, four uh, illegal plumbing projects since um, uh, late 2022. This is not my opinion. Kiwami, I, I apologize, but his first name is the, uh, he's a, an inspector for building. It's still in abatement. This uh, plumbing, see it says PID, that's Plumbing Inspection Division, NOV from 822, it's supposed to say, is still active. You see the little arrow? It's active today. It was active on September 27th when we all had a hearing. And at that hearing, Mr. Green, who is here today, promised that the senior plumbing inspector would then go to the building and make sure that things were all okay. Because you all, many of you, asked specifically, how do we know that there isn't plumbing work being done in other units that were, was being done either illegally, meaning no permit, or outside the scope of an existing permit? That's exactly what this NOV says. So there's two current NOVs that specifically deal with plumbing, plumbing at my building, and despite that, the senior inspector that Mr. Green had report to you, you asked for a report, Mr. Green got somebody from plumbing to report to you that there is no problem at, here it is, there's no problem at the building. The three units in question are on 472 units. And uh, this is where the, 
the water heaters are being installed. There's no work without plumbing, without a permit in the rear units. That's not true. There's plenty of work in the rear units without a permit. So what was told to you in writing, inadvertently perhaps, is false, and it again reflects badly on the situation with the landlord because he's asking for more permits when the permits he's had are both under NOV umbrellas. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Is there any other general public comment? Please raise your hand if you're on Zoom. I don't see anybody on, in the room or on Zoom, so we're gonna move on to item number two. Commissioners, uh, commissioner comments and questions. Uh, commissioner, Mr. Uh, commissioner Lemberg, please. Thank you. Um, I, I, I wanted to address something that I uh, said in the hearing last week. Uh, last Wednesday, uh, on reflection, my comments uh, last week that we, that we, the Board of Appeals, does not interpret state law was overbroad and too categorical. Where a party does have arguments that a permit runs afoul of state law, I did not mean to say that it was not an argument that we should consider. My statement stemmed from a series of cases regarding zoner administration, uh, zoning administrator interpretations who is not allowed to interpret state law, uh, but this case and, the, the, and this, my comment was not regarding that. Uh, I reflected on what I said and I realized that what we were dealing with last week, which uh, is a case we didn't actually end up hearing last week, um, was uh, a very different situation than the one uh, that I had addressed previously, uh, and I welcome a discussion at the board level when uh, that case from last week resumes. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Trezvenia? Uh Thank you, and I have a question for President Swig. With regard to, the, the, uh, to Mr. Bruno, who just spoke to us, I realize we're not supposed to be commenting on public comment. And I realize that the matter that he came to us before tonight, we no longer, we have attempted to dispose of, and and there is no appeal pending. But I, this is the second time or more where I've heard we think we have resolved something in a certain way, and one of the parties or one of the witnesses says it wasn't. So I'm wondering. Uh, I, I, I'm pleased that the department, the relevant departments, are here. And I'm hoping, without our taking any action, that they will follow up and resolve any discrepancies or questions. But I'm wondering, President Swig, if there is anything else that we can do to make sure that the public concerns or the individual's concern uh, about a matter that we addressed could be dealt with. Sure. Um, <clears throat> hopefully the, uh, the representative from DBI has uh, listen to the public comment tonight and we'll take that under advisement if you want to deal with it in an official fashion uh, we can we can as a board um, show concern uh, by writing a letter to DBI indicating that Mr. Bruno testified in public comment this gave us concern and we would like to call uh, attention uh, we would like DBI's attention to this matter uh, in case it re requires any further review, period. President Swig, might I suggest we do have a representative from DBI here. He's heard the comments, yep. and maybe perhaps he can provide a written response to review in terms in the interest of time so we don't have to send a letter and go back and forth, et cetera. If, if you suggest that that is the best way, that would be, that'd be fine and dandy with me. But I'm just saying that that, that is a, if 
if Mr. Bruno doesn't get satisfactory response, and we know Mr. Bruno, he's a, a good friend of the board, been in front of us uh, before with constructive thought, uh, that, and if he has to come back again, that probably will be the result, is that we write a, a note just saying that we have a member of the public who is um, still un, un, uh, unrequited <laughs> with regard to the, the action taken by, by DBI, but if, if uh, but Mr. Green, if you would uh, wouldn't mind, uh, you can make a quick comment. But we got to be careful that we're not getting into a hearing, and that uh, you know there isn't an opportunity for public comment and all that stuff, right? Jill? Right. I think we should get a written response. Let's let's just get a written response because then we get into a hearing, and that requires public comment, other parties being notified, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know the drill. So thank you for that advice. Ms. Rosenberg, and is that satisfactory for you? Uh, I, I, the colloquy is very helpful, and I'm confident that uh, the department has heard it, and I'm, I'm satisfied with, the, with that uh, approach. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it up, and I'm sure Mr. Bruno is very happy with that, too. Anything further, commissioners? Okay, if not, let's move on. Thank you. Is there any public comment on this item? Well, we are in Commissioner Commons and Questions, so he is allowed to provide public comment because he provided public comment on item one so did you okay. want to provide public comment mr. Bruno did you say if you'd like to okay you can leave that's fine oh I we're moving on I was asking if there's any public comment on this item commissioner comments and questions item two you are allowed yes I don't know I'm sorry but if you want to leave you can do that on item two which is I didn't hear what commissioner comments and questions the comments made by President Swig. Oh, okay. I guess I can use the time then for a minute to say that um, uh, my apartment, where I've lived for 36 years, was never visited by the department. And to repeat, all of you asked them, meaning DBI, to visit six units. There are six units in our building. But the report to you only mentions three units. What about where I live? Doesn't that matter? Through the wall, like that big black hole there, it looks like a pipe from my bad eyesight. It is a pipe, it's three dimensions. That's what's been done in my unit. In January of this year, without a permit, a big black drill went through the wall to where I, as a cupboard. I mean, it's, you could think it's small, but this constant harassment is not irrational. Perhaps we all know that there are many people in the city, and maybe they're even right, that don't believe in rent control. The three seniors like me who live in the building, our average rent is under $800. Mine is 751. You would have to be a saint who walks on water if you were the landlord of my building, so three quarters of the building are the three of us. You would have to be a saint to not want somebody to eventually leave. You wouldn't have to do anything illegal, but you could disturb their quiet enjoyment of the premises. And that's what is happening at 15 Nobles Alley. And that's why when I was here last time, I wrote in no uncertain terms that this is a piecemeal attempt by the current landlord with the help of the building department to avoid being respectful of the tenants, which Mr. Joe Duffy asked him to do four years ago when we were here before you on these same matters. Mr. Duffy said in no uncertain terms, please, Mr. Buschetti, Please, Mr. Landlord, all we're asking you to do as a city is go to your tenants and let them know what is occurring. But this use of the plumbing uh, issue to disturb the tenants is not a small one. It's a large one. 
And the last time we were here, by the way, Mr. Green, with all due respect to the building department, told all of you that he needed, or we all needed as a world, as a city, permission from the landlord to go inside the units. That is not true. In every single code, as you all well know, building and plumbing, they're all now identical because of the, thank God, because of the Board of Supervisors. There's called right of entry. And it says right at the beginning, if you all, if the authority in charge, in this case, it was the Board of Appeals, have reasonable uh, reason, have reason evident, reasonable evidence to believe that the code is being violated, you can enter the unit. 30 seconds. Why did we need the permission of the landlord? We didn't, and yet a lot of time was spent going in circles at that last board meeting that I attended on September 27th, saying Mr. Boschetti was so kind to give permission to you all to go see that these units were being worked on without a permit. Units being worked on without a permit. There must be some recourse in the law for the citizen to come somewhere and remedy the situation. That's all we're asking for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any further public comment on this item? I don't see any, so we're going to move on to item number three, the adoption of the minutes. Commissioners, before you for discussion and possible adoption, are the minutes of the October 25th, 2023 meeting. Uh, commissioners, anybody have any comments? And I'll take a motion, too. I move to adopt the minutes. Okay, is there any public comment on that motion? Please raise your hand. Okay, we have a motion uh, to adopt the minutes from Commissioner Lemberg on... That motion, Vice President Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Trezvina. Aye. Commissioner Epler. Aye. President Swig. Aye. Okay, that motion carries five to zero and the minutes are adopted. We are now moving on to item number four. Uh, I don't see the appellant. Um, we did get a call about 15 minutes before 4.45 saying that he was on his way. Um, so. Can we move to uh, the next item and then flip-flop him? Okay. Um, Mr. Wong is not here, is that correct? So, uh, Mr. Hall, I'm sorry, we're gonna hear the case and then we'll put you after that. So hopefully. Sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, we, we would just have to wait around until his arrival, so. Okay, all right, so we're gonna move on to item number five. This is appeal number 23 dash 044 Mary Jane Galviso versus Department of Building Inspection Planning Department approval subject property 223 Anderson Street appealing the issuance on September 18 2023 to Elizabeth DeHapio and David Colum of a site permit vertical addition to add new suite with bedroom bath and closet new connecting stair new windows at rear new window at existing front facade resurface existing entry stair and replace guardrails remove existing bathroom at existing primary suite and convert into a family room this is permit number 2022-1027-5336 and we will hear from the appellant first miss galviso Welcome. You have seven minutes. So we won't start the time till you get set up.
I think it's important to see, but I think I just somehow brought it down. Let me see again. Oh, here it is. So, yeah, yeah, I have it. Ms. Calviso, if you could speak into the microphone, because oh. we can't hear you. Okay, thank you. Overhead, please. Okay, I was gonna start with some photos of uh, my home, which is south of 223 Anderson. So I'm 225 Anderson. And um, I've owned my home since 1999. And as um, two things about the photo is that you'll see it's one of the older sections of San Francisco. And I'm on the south slope, you see. And the property north of me that was issued a permit is north. So it sits higher. It sits uh, quite a bit higher. Um, as you can tell by my truck, it's at a real slant. But I, what I wanted to show about my house is that they're pretty much the same on the block, okay? And Bernal Heights, as you know, has gone real intense gentrification. When I moved here to San Francisco from Honolulu, I really was looking for my community. And at that time, there were a large community of Filipinos. I would say I'm the only Filipino left on the block now. I'm about one of three uh, residents of color left. I mean, and um, so I think part of the changes is not just de demographic, it's really the whole architectural character of the neighborhood that's changing. Uh, well, I think the building department, you can see by the number of permits that are being issued for uh, Bernal Heights, we were once known as the village in the city. That is quickly, quickly disappearing because we're beginning to look like a suburb of the city. I mean, every other house looks so suburban. It doesn't even look like the old homes that were uh, once um, characteristic of uh, Bernal Heights. So, uh, so that's one photo I wanted to show. The other photo was, uh, well, let me put this up. Okay, sorry about this. I mean, it's like kind of hand-drawn. But my house is a very simple plan. You enter, and on the left-hand side is, you know, the parlor. That was the parlor. And in these old homes, I mean, you know, as many people, as, as large as families were, they fit into one or two bedrooms. So, so um, there's bedroom one, bedroom two, that's my bedroom, and then there's the sunroom, I'll show it to you, and then the staircase that goes downstairs, and then the bathroom. Now, the sunroom and the whole part was added in the 20s, as you know, when that house was built, there was no plumbing and no electricity. That was all added. So the kitchen is really the center, the center. It's the, huge, it's the largest room, it's the center of the house. It's really the distinguishing feature of the house. So here's a picture. Uh, oh wait, what happened here? There, here's a picture of my kitchen. Oh, no, back, back. And what you'll notice 
uh, I should have taken a picture of the window because the window is about three quarters of that size. It is an oversized <laughs> window. But the reason why they did that, of course, you know, if you're building a house and there's no electricity, you want as much natural light to come in as possible. And that's what really happened here. And so when they built the addition, they built a huge bank of windows in the back to bring more light in. The other thing that you will notice, you'll notice I have a lot of mirrors. And Filipinos, we have our own version of uh, Feng Shui. And what, what, my, what a relative advised me to do is that when you walked into the front door, you look directly out. And that's bad luck. That means that all your good luck and all your money is going to go straight out to the back. So what she suggested is that you divert it and you go out the kitchen window. <laughs> and so she kind of saved the deal because I thought, well, if it's bad luck, I don't think this house is going to do, but I really loved it. So I went ahead. And uh, she said, no, no, there's, there's ways to remedy that. So we did this. That's what we did. We put a lot of beers. The other thing that you'll notice in houses in Bernal Heights is, you know, the Catholic Church at one time owned all of this. It was part of Rancho Bernal, the last Mexican land grant. And they made the lots very narrow and, and, kind of, and as small as they could, right? <laughs> but you will notice that the rooms are very small. You see this? And this is the sunroom. Oh, wait. Wait, hold on. Oh, darn. What happened here? I paused on. Okay. Oh. So, uh, okay, here. You see, I know I have oversized furniture, but you'll see how small the rooms are. So, you know, when you move into an old home in Bernal Heights, your house is small, first off, and the rooms are small. So, you know, that's what, that's what you have bought. And you, I think, you adjust to that. And rather than make a, a building over to what it isn't, you know, to change its whole character, and that's what I'm seeing in Bernal Heights, it, uh, well, it, it destroys both the architectural and the real character of the houses and the neighborhood. And, uh, but one thing I, did want to say is, uh, I had another photo. Mm -hmm. Here we go with these photos. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know what happened there. But I think the major point that I'm trying to make is this, that, you know, you're, you've moved into a small house and you know, I've uh, gone to several meetings of the Bernal Heights Historical Society, and they tell me that my house was one of the original farmhouses in the neighborhood. That was when cows were grazing, right, <laughs> on the hill. And I think that the house next to me, this 223, was actually at one time probably the carriage house. Because what happens, the, the, woman, that, the, one, the woman that once lived there was from Nicaragua. And I visited her several times. And it was interesting because the house was kind of first level, and then you went down. 
it was two levels, but downstairs. I said, well, this is a strange house. And that's what made me think, hey, this was associated with this property at one time, my house. And that's why I think that adding thank, another story. Thank besides, you, that's time. That's time? Okay. Thank you, Ms. Scalby. Well, that's so my... We do have a question from Commissioner Lemberg for you. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Calvi. So I, I found your um, I found your testimony particularly compelling. Um, I want to kind of uh, hone in a little bit on uh, why kind of what's behind this appeal um, from reviewing the plans that were submitted by by your neighbors uh, by by the uh, respondents here. Um, what specifically is going to be the impact from their proposed plans on your, the window that you've been talking about? Well, as you know, properties on, on, on the south side, it's a zero lot line. There's, I mean, our buildings touch. On the north side, we're about that far apart. So if you're going to build a second addition, you're basically blocking everything. I mean, I don't... Architecturally, if you're putting up another story, <laughs> that's what I'll be looking at <laughs> out my kitchen window. And that window is the only window on the north uh, on the north side of my property. That's it. I don't have any window in the bathroom and in the bedrooms. That's the only window on the north side. So that's why, like I said, it is really the heart of the of of my home, and. Um, I mean, it would just, I mean, I just find the idea crushing. And when I talk to the neighbors, they kind of try to placate me. No, Mary Jane, it's going to be okay. I think the architecture, architect is going to look at this this way. And I said, well, no. Look at my window and think of a second structure, a second story going up. I will not be able to see the sky. I won't be able to know, really, when I walk out of my bedroom into the kitchen to know what's the weather like. No, um, and that's one thing. But it really is natural light to be able to have that, yeah. Thank you. I, actually, I'm the first house that had solar in Bernal Heights. That's how conscious I am. <laughs> okay, thank, you, thank you. You can be seated. We will now hear from the permit holder. Seven minutes. Right up. Do you have it? The presentation, sir, you sent it to Alec. Yeah. Okay. One moment. We'll get it set up and we won't start the time.
Okay, thanks for your patience, everyone. Thank you for uh, pulling this up. I assume oh, you can see the- Overhead, please, or, yes, Computer, thank, you. thank you. Sure, hi, everyone. Thank you for your time today. Um, just we'll go quickly here through just the background of our project uh, and the reason kind of why we believe we don't have a lot of impact to the neighbor here. So um, really first, the first thing is the, the architectural considerations here. So we look at different options on design. We really wanted to be as minimalistic as possible in respect to the neighborhood. Our house was actually the first one on the block because it's actually not aligned with the streets. So it's like one of the quirks. We did some historical research here, so it's kind of interesting. And we really wanted to stay within kind of like the character of the, the house itself and really minimize the impact and the envelope. So we actually built, we're proposing to build smaller than what was allowed by code to really respect that element. And we're about 340, 000, like 340 square feet smaller than what was allowed by code. Uh, and also we also wanted to minimize the impact that we could have on the view that you have from the street. And you can see the house is actually smaller and Excuse me. with less we, height. So the public can hear you and we can too. Oh, can sorry. you speak in the mic? Thanks. Can I maybe take this one? It'll this help, way it's it'll, it'll easier. help your case. Okay. You can, you can Thanks. Move that. Thank you. You can move the computer to the future. Okay. If you want. That's okay. I can, I can, uh, that's is much better. Okay. Thank you. Um, so again, you can see here that the house is smaller than the other two on each side of, of this house, and we're just trying to maintain just some harmony in the neighborhood. Uh, so we bought this house about 10 years ago. We, have, we had two very small children at a time, so we put the two babies in the small room uh, downstairs. So they're still sharing the same room now because we don't have any other livable space. Uh, our son now is 12 years old, our daughter is 11, so they're just anchoring just to get more space for themselves, and we're just trying to get them their own bedroom. So they really like their neighborhood, and uh, they just would be right traumatized if we wanted to kind of go somewhere else, but we're just trying to make sure we have a good space for them right now. We're just really like wanted to follow the process as rigorously as possible. So we went through this, all the steps with the building department. Um, we really got all the like, pre-notifications possible with the neighbors. Unfortunately, Ms. Galbizo did not engage in that process um, and provided any kind of input to the, the process. So we just um, really worked with other neighbors to make sure we had like a good solution here. And we're just now looking to get just started with the construction because again, we're just time is against us and making sure the kids can just have a proper space to uh, to grow up. And when it comes to um, to the view and uh, the light, so a couple of things that we wanted to point out here. First is read the view from the window. Unfortunately, uh, Ms. Galbizo did not provide a picture of that window that she had. So this is when we have like just went from our side of the property, this is what we see from like that window. So this is our best estimate. And read really the view right now, just based on the height of different houses, it's just the wall. So there's no real view to speak of. And the last piece is really that the window is facing north. There is no direct natural light. So the only thing that we would have is still reflection on our wall. And we're very happy to put like a lighter coat of paint to just improve the like indirect light that would be received in that, uh, in that kitchen. So that would be very easy to do. So we just, in summary, we believe that we're just really modest in, in our project. We're trying to just make, you, make sure we respect the integrity of the neighborhood. We're just really like pressed for space right now with our kids. So we just spent a lot of uh, energy to really stay in the neighborhood and, and keep like the, the, the family plugged into that neighborhood. 
and we also believe that we have very minimal impact to uh, Ms. Gerbizo's property. That's it. Okay, thank you. We have a few questions, one from President Swig and another from Commissioner Trisvina. Um, thank you very much for your testimony. Uh, how long have you been working on this project? Uh, about two years. So we started in uh, September 2021 with our architect. Okay. And, and there was 311 notice, and, or you met, with, you met with neighbors, you did outreach. We did. We had some neighbors come, yes. And how many neighbors showed up? So one showed up, had some uh, small concern on one of the view they had from their bedroom, mm -hmm. and they just decided that it was such a minimal view and they just wanted us to be able to, to build and just enjoy the neighborhood, so they just any, didn't raise any it. Any other feedback from, from neighbors? No, nope. uh, otherwise all positive, so people are just happy for us. Okay, uh, that's great, thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioner Trezvinia? Uh, th thank you, and I, and I, I reviewed the material you provided and, and heard you now, and I hear you talk about you wanted to minimize the street view impact and you wanted harmony in the neighborhood. How many relevant neighbors are related to your property? One on one side and one on the other, correct? Yeah, there's probably like, um there's two, two properties. Sides, and there's like, on, like behind and across the street as well, I assume. Okay. Um, and you've stated you want to maintain good relations with your neighbors. I'm wondering, can you describe your effort to hear from or resolve uh, the appellant's concerns? So um, we had heard that uh, Ms. Galbizo like, was planning on just raising an issue, and like, she doesn't really live uh, in her property. So there's tenants there, so it's very hard to get hold of her. And I've tried to engage conversation with her, but she doesn't want to respond to me when I talk to her in the streets. I'm, I'm sorry, you say she, she doesn't live there? She doesn't, no, she doesn't like, permanently live there. And, and you told President Swig this project has been going on for a couple of years? Our planning, yes. Can you estimate how, how many times you've seen her? Uh, I th I'd say probably like 20, 30 times, I would say, okay. come by. And other than, the pro the, other than the standard process to reach out to neighbors, have you tried other ways to reach out to her? Uh, yeah, try to just, uh, again, engage the conversations in the street, and she doesn't want to engage with us, so. She Can you describe one? Um, yeah, we, I just had a, an encounter, uh, I guess, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And uh, I said hi to her, and she jumped at me and uh, <coughs> accused me of scamming processes okay. by yelling at me. Okay. And, it, and it's your view that, from what you can surmise, the view that she describes from her window doesn't provide her a view of anything other than your wall and doesn't provide natural light. That's from, from what you can tell. From what I can tell, no, it doesn't. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. You can be seated. Okay, we will now hear from the planning department. All right, good evening, President Swig, commissioners. 
good to see you. Corey Teague, Zoning Administrator for the Planning Department. Um, as has been stated, this building permit before you tonight on appeal is for an addition to a single-family home in the RH1 Zoning District and also within the Bernal Heights Special Use District. Um, more specifically, the permit's for a one-story vertical addition. That is not the full building footprint, but it's set back 15 feet um, at the front and approximately 10 feet from the rear of the building. Um, you know, Bernal Heights does have some uh, special controls. This project is fully within them and then some. Um, these controls try to limit the overall size of buildings in Bernal Heights. And again, this project doesn't kind of push it to the limit in that respect. Um, there also are some special design areas in Bernal Heights where there's like separate design guidelines, like LC Street, for example. Uh, this location is not in any of those districts, so it just kind of defaults back to the residential de design guidelines in terms of which design guidelines apply. Um, the permit did go out for 311 this year earlier um, over February and March. I do know that the appellant was aware of the project um, and kind of engaged with the project planner, and the project planner would kind of made them aware of the process and um, and ensure they had all the materials and were uh, informed about the options to request discretionary review, et cetera. Um, th there was no request for discretionary review uh, filed. I've not had a conversation with the appellant, so I don't know, you know the rationale behind that. Um, and then, as has been noticed, uh, noted, the primary concern is this north-facing kitchen window. Um, and I think the challenge here is that given the fact that that window is already just in a very small setback between the two buildings and that the subject property is uphill slightly, um, I think the property owner, the permit holders kind of made the point that practically any vertical addition on that property is going to have essentially the same impact on that window, which, you know, at, at best right now receives some little bit of um, just kind of uh, secondary light there, um, but is not like an open window with a, with a view or with a direct light as it is to the north of the property. You know, overall, from the department's perspective, the existing home um, for the permit is a very modest home. It's essentially kind of a one story with like a half uh, story below. Um, this is a overall a modest um, one story addition that doesn't extend to the full um, footprint of the building. Um, it did go through the full process with pre-application, 311, et cetera, um, and it was found to be consistent with the residential design guidelines. And so we feel that the permit was properly uh, issued, and we respectfully request that you deny the appeal and uphold the permit. And I'm available for any questions that you may have. Thank you. President Swig has a question. Uh, welcome back, Mr. Teague. We have missed you. Thank you very much for attending tonight. Um, so uh, the, I, I know that the Glen Park neighborhood has special uh, conditions. You, um, you mentioned them and then said that this was not in that area of, uh, of, of restriction. Are there any restrict, special restrictions that this building is subject to? No, the only thing that I was referring to is one is mass reduction which essentially in Bernal Heights, Sorry, for most Bernal of Heights. the lots, it, this is subject to the mass reduction controls. Um, that applies essentially all throughout Bernal Heights, but they're well within those controls. Can you describe, I, I don't think that we've had a Bernal Heights mm -hmm. case since any of my fellow commissioners have come aboard. 
I, I know I've been through a couple of them and they're mm -hmm. really hard to understand. Um, can you give us a short tutorial on sure. what the, those special conditions might be in Bernal Heights just to right. get them up to speed? So basically in the 80s, there was very much a community-led effort to have a special use district established that, you know, in some ways creates almost like its own little set of code provisions for Vernal Heights. And it was really to recognize the, the nature of development historically in that area, which is small lots, a lot of the lots here are only 70 feet deep, a lot of slopes, a lot, historically a lot of the homes were very small. So, um, and a lot of the homes didn't have, uh, maybe didn't have parking because of at, when they were built and the slope, et cetera. So it was really trying to maintain a fairly small scale um, for design. And so, for example, it has things like rear yard requirements like you have outside of Bernal, but this mass reduction requirement was something that's unique to Bernal, which basically says you look at all your requirements, you know, what's your height limit, or I should say in Bernal also the height limit's effectively lower, it's more like 30 feet instead of 40. Um, but you look at all your controls, your height limit, your rear yard requirement, your front setback, and you, you have an envelope um, it, that can, is like a theoretical amount of square footage that you could build, and then you have to subtract more from that. And depending on the nature of your lot, you either have to subtract 650 or 400 square feet. It's basically taken extra off the top of your development potential to just, again, really hammer home. We want to keep, keep these buildings modest. Um, that's the main thing. I also mentioned there are some sections of Bernal Heights that have their own like design guidelines they were also adopted around the same time, except for example, Elsie Street. There's a portion of Elsie Street that has its own. Um, and I was making the point that Anderson Street here is not within any of those special design areas within Bernal Heights. So uh, in your opinion, or not your, in your opinion, just by your measurement and, and review of the plans, uh, this, this addition uh, does not, does it come at all close to what would require a variance based on, all right, and, um, and again, based on your review, could this addition have been larger than is being asked for and still not be subject to a variance? Yes, this could have been um, a few hundred square feet larger before you ran up against the mass reduction limit for the site. Okay, so it's, it's, not, it's, it's compliant, uh, it could have been bigger, uh, it, and, and it could have been bigger in under the uh, under the special conditions that exist in the neighborhood, and and that equals what you consider a, a modest, uh, your word, a, a modest expansion of this property. Correct. Okay. Thanks. Sure. Okay, thank you. No further questions. Yeah, thank you. We will now hear from the building department. Uh, good evening, President Swig, Vice President Lopez, Commissioners. Um, Matthew Green representing the Department of Building Inspection today. Um, this is a site permit for a vertical addition of single-family home. Uh, the permit was reviewed by all appropriate agencies, including the Planning Department, DBI, Fire Department, Public Works, and the PUC. Um, the permit was re reviewed, approved, and issued properly and complies with the building code and all other pertinent codes. Um, DBI recommends that the appeal be denied and the permit be upheld. Um, don't have much staff for the building department, but I'm available for any questions you may have. Just to, to dovetail on the question asked of Mr. Teague, 
in in this neighborhood, there are no special conditions that relate to DBI. Uh, not in the building code. This is just yep. standard. Okay, thanks, and that and everything's compliant, right? Correct. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. you can be seated. Is there any public comment on this item? Anyone in the room? Anybody on Zoom? Raise your hand. I don't see any public comment for this item, so we will move on to rebuttal. Ms. Galviso, you have three minutes to address the board. I think if we saw a drawing of what that structure would actually look like, <laughs> I think we'd get a very different. This photo is a false one. When I look out my kitchen window, I see the sky. I don't just see their wall. I see the sky, okay? And I see some of the trees that are on the street. Uh, so that is a very biased photo. Um, um, the fact is, to add that structure would make it a three-story house. And I saw that house when they had the, you know, had the open house. They've turned the bedroom on the ground level, apparently, into their work office space. That could be their other child's bedroom. You know? So I don't think the children are that cramped into the house. There are two bedrooms downstairs, and there is a bedroom upstairs. I've seen the house. Whether they've altered it or not since that open house, I'm not certain. But I do want to say something about maintaining good relations with the neighbor. And that is this, our relationship has been distinctly antagonistic and hostile from the very beginning. Nothing to do with me, really. But I think that when they first moved in and they saw me, I think they thought I was a tenant and not the property owner. And they started a campaign, and you can look it up in the police records and with the animal control, how many times that they called the police out to my house, how many times they called the animal officer out. I mean, it was a real campaign. It wasn't just a couple of campaigns, a couple of calls. And the police finally had to explain to to her, dogs do bark. I do have two little dogs. They do bark. She made it sound like they are barking incessantly. She even lied and said, I kept them in a, in a dungeon. I said, who has a dungeon in San Francisco? I said, no, no, no. Might be in Europe, but not here. No, no. So good thing my dogs were right behind me when the animal control officer, uh, you know, was at the door. But 30 seconds. As, I men as I mentioned to you, um, uh, there was no want or no desire for good relations with me. Like I said, I think that they clearly thought they were moving into an all-white neighborhood and were very disappointed that I was part of the neighborhood. Okay, thank you. We'll now hear from the permit holder. All right, um, I'm, I'm not really sure what to say about the racism implications here. Uh, that's never been kind of our perspective at all. And I think I've always prided myself to just be extremely open-minded and, and, and tolerant. So nothing much to say here. Uh, just 
on the relationship, I think I would completely agree with Milka because it's been a tough relationship uh, since the beginning. And just to go back on the dogs barking all night, that's the reason why we had the police come. We had dogs barking all night in front of our windows, at our kids' window, and like impeaching us to sleep. And that was extremely traumatizing. So the police officers came and actually gave a lecture to Ms. Galbizo one night. And um, that's kind of like stopped a bit the, um, the dogs being left outside all night. And our neighbors were in the same situation. So we all all like facing the same issues. So we're not the only ones complaining about that situation. Um, I'm not here to fight with Ms. Galbizo. I just really want to just move past. Uh, I don't think you're here to help solve neighborhood disputes. Um, but I'm really like just trying to be as open-minded as possible and just like really try to maintain all relationship positive. It's just that it has been impossible in this, in this situation. Nothing else to add. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions. So we will hear from the planning department. Nothing further, DBI, nothing further? So commissioners, this matter is submitted. Um, Commissioner Lopez, you wanna start? Sure, thank you. Uh, this is relatively uh, straightforward from my perspective. I think we have a neighborhood with special conditions. Uh, the development uh, project meets those special conditions. Uh, so I'd be prepared to deny the appeal uh, uh, based on the fact that, uh, from my perspective, the permit was properly issued. Is that your motion? Can we use that as a motion? Uh, sure, I'll do, uh, that's, that's my motion. Thanks, any other commissioner, anything to add? Seeing none, we'll, oh, Commissioner Lumberg. Thank you, um, I, I concur with the legal reasoning of Vice President Lopez. Uh, I unfortunately just don't see a, a, a path to uh, granting this appeal. Um, I did want to uh, make a note uh, because this wasn't really a question, uh, so I didn't ask it earlier, but uh, I, I wanna actually commend both sides in this case for different reasons. I, I think that Ms. Galviso's testimony was one of the better ones I've heard on my time in this board. And I also want to say that uh, the property owners, the, the permit holders brief was probably the single best brief I've seen uh, in my 18 months on the board, even though it was not drafted by an attorney. Um, I, and I wanna thank you for actually citing to specific pages of your plans, which is something I have not seen in 18 months on this board uh, from any attorney in town or any other party. So uh, thank you for presenting both of your cases tonight and I, uh, I appreciate your hard work in this. Thank you, Commissioner Trezvinia. Yeah, we have permits and plans before us and I have not heard anything, any legal barrier uh, to deny uh, this going forward and I, the departments have weighed in, and I would concur in that judgment. Thank you very much. Okay. We have a motion from Vice President Lopez to deny the appeal and uphold the permit on the basis it was properly issued. On that motion, Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries 5-0, to zero and the appeal is denied. So I do see that Mr. Wong is here. So we're going to move back to item number four. This is appeal number 23-043, John Wong versus Department of Building Inspection, Planning Department 
department approval, subject property 1334 12th Avenue, appealing the issuance on September 7th, 2023 to air call of a site permit. Horizontal addition to the rear on three levels and a 12-foot pop-out. This is permit number 2021-0506-9906. So note, on October 25th, 2023, upon a motion by Commissioner Trisvenia, the board voted 4-1, to one. President Swig dissented, to continue this item to November 1st so that the appellant could review the approved site plans and to allow the inclusion into the record of the appellant's brief, which had formerly been rejected for being untimely. So welcome, uh, Mr. Wong. Commissioner Lemberg has a statement. I, I do. Before we get started, I wanted to note last, I, I, I seem to recall last week we had a, uh, a teleprompter screen here that was a... Uh... Yes, Mr. Wong canceled that. He, oh, he was okay. able to hear um, adequately with the Great. I just wanted to make sure that we weren't missing, well, thank missing you. that. Thank you. If you could speak Wait. into the microphone too, Mr. Wong. Take your time. Good evening, honorary board members. Um, thank you for your time and patience with me. Um, I'm still a little... Um, President Swig, Commissioner and staff, good afternoon. Um, first, some housekeeping. Um, your staff and consummate professionals are accredited to this board. I appreciate the board's efforts as fact finders and their exercise to due diligence uh, to glean the necessary facts and evidence to make a fair and partial decisions. Um, and finally, I wish to extend my thanks to Mr. Hall, the permanent homeowner, for taking the time to have the plans digitized uh, and sent to me by, by a PDF format, uh, which is architect after assuring President Swig that he had those plans and would be able to send them to me uh, directly uh, via email, but that did not occur. Uh, if the board has any additional questions or needs additional information, and ha I'm happy to address them at any time. Um, so it was recently, it was only recently um, to the efforts of a good friend that I finally realized that this case is actually not as complex as it actually rests upon Three simple questions, but let me preface this with uh, following the Ruben Genius and Rose Law Firm wrote an article called The Case for Design Review Reform, specifically about San Francisco, and the second paragraph states under the head heading, uh, current challenges the department states that uh, at this time, the location, application, and rep relationship between existing design guideline guidelines are not readily apparent to planners, the public, or project representatives. Some can be found in areas, uh, plans in the urban design element of the general plan, but they may be relatively unknown and consistently or rarely applied. A lack of organizational consistency, I think. You see where I'm going with this. Um, I think I am stating any, any, I don't think I'm stating anything that many would disagree with. Uh, the complexity of planning, zoning, uh, department building inspection are legendary and necessary uh, so they can, uh, directly impact the growth of development of San Francisco. That impact on existing structures and the broader arc of life safety issues, they also have a function of massive great amount of data that they are publicly accessible to all. 
Uh, with that in mind, I'm sure many cases have been brought before this board uh, appear complex, but often you step back from them and view them from a different perspective, and they actually rest upon the answers of, of simple questions. Uh, this case is no different. The decision of the board will likely be based upon the facts and evidence. The relevant issue at hand is that the quasi-judicial bodies such as this board and other commissions in the city, not through any decision of the boards themselves, a lack of opportunity for the principals to cross-examine those that pre pre present evidence. Evidence may prove, or disprove, may prove or disprove something or evidence may be irrelevant or actually false if it was pointed out to me over the course of the past few weeks that saying something isn't evidence unless it's supported by facts um, that are determined to be relevant but to the case. My statement uh, brief and that of Mr. Hall's uh, likely fall short of what the board uh, anticipated. Neither one of us appropriate, and exhi appropriate exhibits and evidence to support um, the, the statements made. Uh, a statement made without evident support, uh, whether it be factual, that's just to be determined. Um, saying something doesn't make it true, no, and no decisions uh, could be made by this board. If I say something and the opposing party says something different, how do you determine uh, what to do? It would be based upon credibility, and you could decide that way, but it it'll, route, it'll be far better if each of us had uh, backed up our statements with evidence and exhibits. Frankly, that was not the case, and I accept that I should have done better. All, we all learn, we all make mistakes, and I've learned from this. Um, so, starting well, uh, the pre-application meeting is a requirement in this case. It requires that a meeting and the outreach to the neighborhood be conducted by the permit holder, and it's quite specific. The dates and times of when the meeting can be specified uh, on the and the location is specified in the requirements of what to do, what is to be done. It specified that a person conducting the meeting be able to give a presentation as, as to the scope of the project and the plans are available uh, to be looked at, added, uh, and viewed by those that I'm I'm partaking that the, you know, and the participant may uh, request for plans and thereby obligated that these plans be sent to them. Uh, they can pose questions and concerns, and those that should be summarized presented appropriately, and the paper and paperwork that is necessary to prove the pre-application meeting and attendance with a sign-in sheet, a summary sheet, and an affidavit uh, are turned in appropriately, reflect what occurred. These are essential facts. The permit holder made a choice in the purchase of 1334 12th Avenue, the permit holder has the right to build and remodel his property. Um, that is the choice in choosing to exercise that right. He's obligated to follow the policies of planning and uh, DBI. The pre-application meeting, in this case, what's mandatory, a time was set, a day, a location, and um, a, a mailing was sent out. According to the instructions in the pre-application meeting packet, if nobody came to that meeting, that was just as it, to provide the documentation that's needed. It was done, um, it was done. It, the project application can be filed and the obligation to planning that respectful, fulfilled, um, however, if there are people who attended that meeting, 
now there's an obligation to those who are in attendance to, to be ready for that meeting, um, a location, a place to sit down. The plans are ready. 30 seconds. Ready copied, are ready, and the people are prepared to discuss that plan and that project after that meeting. If, uh, uh, if requested plans are sent out from that meeting, my question should be noted and any concerns should be noted as well. Um, and uh, the question should be addressed. If not, then uh, it could be left blank. Let's see. Thank you, that's time. Okay. Okay, thank you. Sorry. We do have a question from Commissioner Trisvenia. Uh, thank you, Mr. Wong. Yes. Uh, we continued this matter on my motion right. in order to, so that the appellant could review the approved site plans. Exactly. I'm, I'm you, sorry I didn't get to that. Have you reviewed yes, the I have. approved site plans? Yes, yes I have. Um, and, and can you tell us what yes, your conclusion I have couple, is from two, the approved site plans? There, there are still a bunch of errors, and well, two that are pretty major. Um, Question. The question is um, whether or not the, the height, the, where the roof line is, to my sister build, to my sister's building, in relationship to the permit holder's building, and this is my sister's building here, and it rests right at the base of the, the slopes roof of the permit holders. Okay, and the same situation is in the back of it. Uh, she has a totally flat roof. Uh, the, the only sort of parapet she has is so that for drainage, as you can see, the roof goes right on, right onto there, um, and the rest of it it's totally flat. There's no uh, parapet that goes in the front or in the back. Oh, do I not have that? Sorry. Thank you, Alec. Yeah. So that's the front with the tile. And here's another photo of it. So it's a little bump of the tile, that's about it. Um, what am I looking for? So there are two. Yeah. So is your question answered, Commissioner? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I, I, asked about, I asked whether you had seen them. You've told me you have seen them. You're describing, if, if I could, Mr. Wong, if we just focus on, on this item so based on just this one page I can list a, a number of errors so I mentioned earlier that the the plan per, the permit holders roof rests on the roof of my sister's property and if you draw a straight line from there or here uh, it, it, uh, it's way down here. The permit holder or the architect shows it as being like five feet taller here. So this is a, a diagram of uh, being able to see a blue sky and that wouldn't be possible. Um, 
because of multiple reasons. There's um, the 45 degree rule, and that's whether uh, you draw from, you start at the point of the, the, the obstruction, the top, and you draw down to the middle, midpoint of the window of the, the people, person being shaded or blocked light, and at a 45 degree angle. And that angle ends up hitting the top of a roof. It doesn't hit the side of her house at all. So if I could just try to encapsulate what you're saying uh -huh. is that the diagram is incorrect. Correct. And That's correct. the correct depiction in your, in your judgment, in your view, oh. is that it would illegally block... Uh, completely because he's, he's okay. That's that's fine. That's that's yeah. Because he's illustrating it as her house being eight feet taller, right? And okay. I can show that in another uh, drawing. Okay, and then you said there's a second yes, yes. deficiency. Yes. Can you describe oh, what that is? is um, it's the her uh, her nerf wall uh, where she has a setback, a four foot setback. Um, when we were shown the original plans, it, it looked like it was. 15 feet long, when in actuality it's 28 feet long. And the windows are based, six, seven, six windows are in that setback. And um, they're within that 15 feet, for the first 15 feet of the setback. Um, and they depict it as, as being 15, it's 28 feet, sorry, and it's within the 15, first 15 feet. So it seems like the windows are further to the back of her rear of her building, and they're not. So, um, so, so other than your statement that the drawing is incorrect, mm -hmm. what's the what is the real life impact of, of the, the way it's loss designed? Of, loss of light. Um, another thing I can show you is that well, no, here's no, a model. That's fine. That, okay. that, that, that answers my question. Okay, but it's a whole floor taller, and I kept staring at it, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong, and it was because he made it with Mrs. Building up half a floor taller. And it really is. Okay. And it's only 20 feet tall, and he makes it look like 30, or, or 25 at least. So. So it so, on the drawings it's 25, and in real 20. life it's 30. No, in real life it's 20. 20. Because it's only two stories, one story over garage. Okay. So in real life it's 20, and on the map. On the drawings the road, are all like 20 to 30 feet tall. Okay. Yeah, and if you see, there's inconsistency on just about every page where it illustrates his roof. Some t they should be at a 45 degree angle. They're um, anywhere from 60 to 35 degrees. They get flatter and they get sharper. Right. So, thank, thank you. Yeah, that, so that helps. They're, they're, they're completely inconsistent. Um, um, oh. I'm sorry I don't have my papers in order. Okay. Or, thank you, Mr. Wong. You can be okay. seated. Thanks. We'll now hear from the permit holder. Okay, so do you want your architect? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I think so has a presentation. why don't we let Mom. Mr. Wong get, pick up his materials and then. He's on Zoom. Can okay. you hear me okay? Yes. yes, welcome, you have seven minutes. All right, let me um, get my get clock so uh, timer because that can help me a little bit. Uh, are you guys ready to go? We're ready. All right. Um, well, welcome. Uh, my name is Tim Lorenz. I'm the architect uh, for Eric Halls. I want to thank you guys, um, the, the staff, um, the commissioners, and um, everyone else who's helped me through this process, which started in 2018. Um, 
So why are we here? Um, we just heard kind of two simple arguments um, that the process was uh, corrupt and mismanaged by the planning department and us as the application, and that drawing and applications um, were misleading, aren't telling the truth, dimensions are off. So um, I'm sending you this page three, um, which is uh, what you can see by the yellow um, highlights. Um, that was in September 15th of 2022. Um, and, you know, I just want to come back down to the one, two, and three uh, items up in the top. Uh, set the back, uh, set back the upper floors, set back the side. Yeah, of I'm the sorry. Deck. Pause I, the time, I, please. Someone's, who, 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 do, who do you want to control the I, presentation? I, I, oh, you are. I'm sorry. I, you put it put a minute and a half or minute, whatever if you want okay. to, but yes. No, but uh, the drawings, are, are you presenting the drawings? Are you sharing it? Uh, I, oh my God! Am I? Uh, sorry, I thought I had it sharing. No, you're I'm, not. Okay. All right. Wait a minute. It's should fine. I, should I restart the time? To yeah. Well. Our, why don't we take thirty uh, right. seconds? What? Hold on, please. Why don't you give them a screen next share? Thirty seconds. Uh, there. I can't really give thirty share. seconds. Okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Now, can you see my screen? Yes. Okay. But can you make it larger? Because you see how yeah. on the left you have the. Can you do full screen? There's my full screen. There you go. Okay. Try going to the next page just because we did see that. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Okay. I, can't oh, I should add 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, why don't we just start over? Okay. Is that, is that is, fine? Is president? that okay, President? Okay. Yeah, I can do it in a minute. Okay. Okay. So process was, these are the two items that we're, we've, uh, he's talked about. Um, there we go. Number two, page number three here. Um, this is from uh, um, uh, David Winslow's uh, staff report. And um, up on the top level, one, two, and three, I can see up here, set the back the fl upper floors, set back the sides of the deck and add a lattice, set back the building at the side. These were three options that we recommended to the application. We had a private um, teams meeting, just the two of us, or the, uh, the neighbors and us and the planning staff to try to bring some resolution in there. Secondly, the resolution that we, we reached a resolution to the neighbors to the north. He's a professional architect and we resolved those kind of items. So I think that we were option that we have uh, aren't uh, and memorable to uh, working through items uh, is, is, that, is not very um, congenial or not very correct. Also, the Planning Commission, um, after two meetings, unanimously approved the decision uh, with a six, uh, six to zero decision. Um, here's some, um, some data that I want to go through uh, with, uh, with you real quick. I'm going to show you some side-by-side -side drawings. Um, here is A1, is, which is the site plan. I highlighted the detail in um, uh, yellow, which is now uh, exploded above, and it goes through um, some of the data that you might want to be looking at later on regarding um, square footages, rear uh, setbacks, and such. Uh, secondly, uh, here I am um, on page A2. Um, on the right, on the left-hand side is the Planning Commission. Um, um, actual drawing, and on the right-hand side is a site permit on the drawing. Um, on the top are all the dimensions that correlate on each side of the drawing so that they are consistent. 
Um, same way with um, A3 new for the Planning Commission on the left-hand side and the site permit drawing on the right-hand side. Uh, you might want to take a look at the, um, the new second floor that is revised based on our discussions that has that light well that aligns to the notch on uh, the Wong residence. Um, and I'm going to go you, this is a great picture um, to show you uh, the Wong residence in pink, uh, Eric's house, uh, which is the farthest back house um, in the white, and the gray house, which is the architect's house. Uh, just some of the items is that um, the Wong house is directly south you can see the shadow line um, of the Wong house um, that is about 80% of the house, of the yard. Um, and the box of the extension box of the new addition is about two feet, two inches below the existing ridge. Um, any additional um, drainage that the issues that the applicant was talking about, Mr. Wong was talking about, will be resolved during building, obviously new um, area drains and gutters and the such. Secondly, um, there is their blank wall. Um, and that's, uh, you know, the, the here you might want to go back to um, those two windows, uh, those three windows, actually four, six windows. Um, we're trying to create a light well for that. You can see that their top floor um, is higher but you can just put the window sills between the two. So it's between um, the current first and second floor. Secondly, I will quickly come back to this one, is that um, lovely as um, Wong's house, as they talk about it, which we never really actually got into, um, that she loves it, and that's great. The key thing I wanted to say is um, that property hasn't been developed in 40, 50 years, and that's going to easily be popped up to a second level, another level, another 10 feet, and that only increases the shadows onto a property. And first and uh, lastly is on the front, looking directly south onto uh, the Wong residence. Uh, the Wong residence is one of very few houses on that block that extends all the way to the front with the uh, Cantilever Bay. All the other houses are very similar to these little mini homes, craftsman style homes. Uh, the architect's home and this home are exact same um, in elevation and everything. But they're eight feet, uh, well, we're eight feet behind, the uh, same as the architect's office or the architect's um, house that um, creates shadow and um, some nice streetscape. And that's the end of my presentation. Okay, thank you. You have a minute and 45 seconds. Did you want to add anything, Mr. Hall? Um, not at the moment. Maybe Eric would like to chime in for a couple of items. Thank sure. you. Hello. Yes. Everyone here. Uh, yeah, so I'm the owner of the house. And uh, actually, I have been working on this, you know, since I purchased it in 2019. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, due to COVID, it took a long time, you know, to get through this process. I think the process has changed a couple of times on me while I was trying to submit. And so, uh, you know, we're going on, I think I feel like four years, you know, I still need to go through building inspection, uh, uh, submit a submittal, uh, find a contractor, you know, it's like six to seven years, uh, you know, for an extension of a house that 
I'm within the guidelines, within the rules, within the codes. Uh, it's a very long time, you know, trying to raise, you know, two kids, move my wife in a very small house. Um, I was expecting this to be like two years, and uh, right now it's probably going to be like six or seven years, and it's unfortunate. Um, but I'm, you know, juggling and plugging away. Um, I have, you know, attempted, as I say, to work with John and uh, Nancy, um, uh, you know, trying to come up with accommodations as well. But um, you know, they've been reluctant and um, unwilling to uh, to budge. Um, Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Um, what else I can say? Um, yeah, and it's very difficult to get a hold of Nancy. I barely see her. In fact, they have no garbage service there. Uh, so it feels like she's rarely there or never there. The lights are always off. And so, you know, um, I see her very infrequently. Uh, I know they have different homes and in the city, and so I'm not sure if they're always there all the time. So um, that's kind of a challenge. Um, Thank you. That's time. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Thank you. We will now hear from the planning department. Thank you. Good evening again, President Swig and Commissioners. Corey Teague, Zoning Administrator for the Planning Department. Um, yeah, before getting into the details, I do want to just acknowledge that some of these cases are really challenging, um, and the department and the commission definitely does as much as we can to balance you know, code requirements, design guidelines, context-specific issues for each project, and then obviously there's the interpersonal issues between the parties, and it's always a challenge. Um, this one was a, was a challenging case, both, I think, in review and at the Planning Commission. Um, I don't know if members went back and watched the Planning Commission hearings, but they were a little bit of a challenge. Um, so, you know, it's always unfortunate when we're here, but just acknowledging there's a lot of information and issues been presented on this case. So if I don't cover anything, definitely let me know. I'm happy to try to answer questions. But specifically, again, this is a single family home in an RH2 zoning district. Um, the building permit was submitted back in 2021. The project is to basically do a rear uh, addition, effectively a three-story addition at the rear of the home and a one-story pop-out. It is fully co-compliant, so it did not require any variances. But as we know, a, a discretionary review was filed. Um, in response to that discretionary review, the project sponsor made several changes to the project. They did um, uh, add the light well at the upper floor adjacent to the window on the southern neighbors and the, the appellant side setback. They reduced the depth of the first floor by two and a half feet. They reduced the depth of the second floor by a foot and they added a privacy screen to the rear deck along the southern property line to help address some of those issues. Um, I can go into more design specific issues if you like, but overall the, the planning department and the planning commission both felt given the nature of the surrounding buildings and the proposal um, that it was consistent with the residential design guidelines. The planning commission did uh, unanimously vote to not take discretionary review and approve the project as it had been revised for the, um, for the discretionary review hearing, which is what you see before you today. With the minor exception of the fact that after the DR hearing, the plans were slightly revised to address corrections that had came up. Um, I think some of those have been discussed, and that included um, more accurately reflecting the depth of the southern neighbor's side light well. Um, 
but the plans that were ultimately issued, you know, those were, are what are in question here. And last week, you asked to have those reviewed to make sure that they had been, that they were as accurate as we could determine. Um, I can obviously let my counterpart for DBI speak for their review, um, but those were reviewed and we determined they were, they were accurate to the, as far as we could tell based on the information that we had. Um, so with all that, again, the project's fully co-compliant, went through the full design review process, went through a fairly contentious DR hearing, um, and you know it's hard for us to get into any of the interpersonal issues, but overall, again, found consistent, be the res consistent with the residential design guidelines. Planning Commission unanimously approved what you see before you today, and so we respectfully uh, request that you deny the appeal on the grounds that the permit was issued properly and is consistent with code and policies. I'm available for any questions you may have. Thank you. We have questions from President Swig and Commissioner Lemberg. Um, Mr. Wong was very adamant in his presentation. What I heard in his presentation, and, and I thank another commissioner for asking what's wrong here. Uh, was that the the drawings were wrong, that the house was not as high as it's, or that was the wrong height, uh, they're wrong, and that the, the on the side, they're wrong. It's 28 feet instead of 15 feet, and uh, this is where I lean heavily on the planning department uh, when making a decision. So, I, I mean, I looked at the plans as they were presented to us just now, uh, I don't I don't see that. Um, but you know that's my non-professional, non-architectural uh, site. So I'll lean on you a little bit, Mr. Teague. And um, but you know Mr. Wong was pretty adamant. So give us some feedback on those two items that he was very adamant about. Sure. Um, and in, I didn't catch every single thing that was said because it was a little tough to hear everything the, the, and without. The two things were that the 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 the, the roof height right. was not as represented and it was as much, I, I think the number was eight feet different than what was represented as opposed to what I saw is that they came together pretty, mm -hmm. uh, uh, as according to the photo that was said to us. Sure. And also that the, the side setback was, an, was much longer than the 15 feet that was represented. Right, and I know that on the side setback, we'll tackle that one first. The original plans did show it too shallow, and that wasn't caught during that time, but before the permit was issued, and so the plans that you have before you today did substantially increase the depth of the neighbor's side light well to an extent that looks accurate to to my review um, in terms of what I can base it off of with aerial photos, et cetera. Um, regarding the height, it's a little bit hard to say specifically without indication on the plans, you know, exactly where they're calling it at a certain height and how that's being measured. Um, height can be really challenging because we measure height from the curb. You may be measuring it from grade. Sometimes they put, you know, floor levels, which are in between curb and grade. And so that can get, you know, feet can get distorted in terms of what you're actually measuring. Um, I do know that you know the neighbors, the appellant's property. There is a slight downslope from the street level, 
Um, and so if you're looking at the height of the building from the street relative to the height of the building of the back, there is, I don't know the exact difference, perhaps a several free feet. I don't know if it's a full five foot difference. I don't know if that's the exact, I think I would need more information specifically from the appellant on like where the measurement is on the plans that are, that are incorrect to be able to kind of pinpoint it. But without that level of precision, from our understanding is that the plans are, are accurate relative to those issues. Okay, and one of the things I always look at in the in these cases, especially, it's it has to do with all the variance cases, which, again, these uh, uh, these persons here haven't had a a big time variance case yet. Um, but um, the the key then in variance cases, there are you have to. Uh, the, the variance has to be proven that it, there, there, how many, how many items do you have to show? There are five required findings. Five required findings. And one of the big ones is, does this, and it always rings in my mind on everything, uh, is this out of sync with the neighborhood? And especially, you know, there's, between massing and, um, and, and extensions, uh, both height-wise and length-wise, uh, you know, is this is this house out of the context of the neighborhood? And I was looking at this, and if anything, this is this, the the appellant's house is out of context with the neighborhood. If anything, did you find that? Uh, did you did you find that in any way, shape, or form that the additions which are being um, that are, which are being requested by the project sponsor, are they in any way out of context with the, the neighborhood and would destroy the, the sensibility, the sense of character, or anything else on, on that, that block as it stands right now? So obviously any project like this, at the staff level, there's gonna be a design review to, you know, to make sure it's consistent with the residential design guidelines. That's obviously addressed by the planning commission if there's a DR hearing like there was in this case. In this case, there's a little bit of a mixed pattern in the area, you know, there's not like perfect, you know, there's some blocks, especially maybe in the sunset where you get like just proper buildings haven't really been um, remodeled or added to since they were built maybe the 50s, that's very uniform, but we have a lot of blocks like this where there's not a lot of uniformity. There's different heights, there's different depths. Um, and that gets a little more challenging because you're trying to balance the ability for the home to expand reasonably while trying to acknowledge and respond to its surrounding context. In this case, um, you know, the residential design guidelines calls for um, a bit of stepping at the rear, which is what happens here from the three-story down to the one-story context. Um, also, this, um, the adjacent neighbor to the south, because it's to the south, there's not the direct sunlight impact there, but the counter to that is, you know, the, the subject property has an adjacent building to the north that's, you know, um, of a different context. And so that's why you see their, um, their um, addition have a setback on the north side in response to that context. So all that to say that I think that issue was, a, was looked at very thoroughly by staff and by the Planning Commission, and it was found to be consistent with the residential design guidelines. And final, final question, as I always ask, I asked it in the, in the last uh, hearing, um, could the project sponsor have gone 
uh, a lot larger on this? Or are they pushing the envelope in any way, shape, and for or form with regard to their ability to expand this house? So from a depth process perspective, it's about as deep as it could go, um, and including the pop-out. Um, from a height perspective, I would have to double check because it this is a 40-foot height district. Um, even though there's kind of a more of a predominantly two and three story context here. And I think it's really a three story expression um, at the street. So they could have possibly gone vertical, but I'd have to double check that. But from a depth perception, it was pretty much maxed out. And is this is the setback that uh, did they did they accommodate the neighbor's request on the um, on the side setback and the uh, or, or or could it was that necessary? So they, what they did to do, what they did for the southern neighbors, so the DR requester and the appellant, mm -hmm. the two things, and they can speak if I'm speaking incorrectly here, but the two main things they did on that south southern property line in response was add the light well to match the window at the third level, um, and then also to do the privacy screening on the the deck on top of the pop out at the rear. And would you would you consider that a concession and a good neighborly thing to do? Did they have to do that? Um, well, they weren't required to do that. You know that those were not part of the project when it went out to for notice for 311. So at that point, the the department had determined it consistent with the residential design guidelines. I think those changes were added after the DR was filed in response to trying to um, respond to the neighbors' concerns. Okay, that, great. Thanks very much, Mr. Sure. Epler. Thank you, uh, Mr. T. I'm going to drill down just a little bit more into the residential design guidelines, and in particular, the 45-degree rule. Um, you know, how how was it applied uh, in this case, and you know, how how did you consider compliance with the 45-degree rule when it comes to the the light going into that kitchen window in the appellant's uh, property? Do you mind if I grab? Is Please, I was going to ask about that. The 45-degree rule, because I couldn't hear completely, and I didn't know if there was a specific reference to a part of the residential design guidelines for a 45% rule or if it was a more generic 40 Because we have some parts of the planning code that use the, a 45-degree uh, light angle, um, but that's a different... Yeah, this is, this is for shadowing of the, shadowing of the, the window and, and blocking of light to, the, to that window. Right, and there's um, that diagram within the plan set showing, showing, uh, yeah. allegedly showing the 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 path of uh, blue sky, um, which is not at 45 degrees, and so I'm I'm sure. curious about that. Um, a couple of options I can yeah. pull up the residential guidelines now and go through that, or I can address that on uh, rebuttal if you would like me to, and I can take a look at that more specifically and devote a little more time to addressing that. We can do it in rebuttal. That's fine. Okay. Thank you. Not to put it off, but just no, no, I want to make okay. sure I'm answering it correctly and I fully understand the context. Yeah. Okay. Thank sure. you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. President Swig, anything further? No. Okay. So thank okay. you. You thank can you. be seated. We will now hear from the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, good evening again. I'm Matthew Green representing the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, the permit before you is a site permit for a three-level horizontal addition to a single-family dwelling. Um, the permit application was reviewed by the Planning Department, DBI, Fire Department, Public Works, and the PUC. Um, the project does comply with the San Francisco Building Code. Um, there have been some allegations tonight that some of the um, um, dimensions are inaccurate. Um, if this is true, the normal procedure for 
when we verify in the field whether the dimensions are accurate we'll, and they are substantially wrong, we'll issue a correction notice and there'll be a revision permit required uh, to accurately reflect the conditions. Um, that revision permit will be routed to planning and building before review, or sorry, before issuance. Um, and that, that revision permit would be appealable as well. Um, Uh, just to, this is a site permit. There will no construction can start before the first construction agenda is issued. Um, other than the fact that uh, there's allegations about in, in, inaccurate um, dimensions, uh, which will be verified in the field, uh, DBI recommends that this appeal uh, it be denied and the permit be upheld. Um, yes, that's, I'm available for any questions you may have. President Swig. Or no, Commissioner Lemberg. Thank you, Mr. Green. I um, I wanted to ask a little bit more detail about a revision permit. How would we get? Uh, how does that happen? What's the process to to get to that point? If I, I and I'm not totally clear from the record whether the plans are inaccurate, but uh, if they, assuming they were, what would be the process to get there? Uh, so we're presuming that the plans are designed by a professional, a licensed professional, that they're accurate. Um, it, it does happen in times that there's discrepancies. And, you know, a lot of times they're right in the plans verify in field. Um, let's, let's presume that there is an inaccuracy. Building inspector notices it, they'll write a correction notice. They'll come in and file um, new, the correction notice will say, obtain a revision permit to accurately reflect the conditions. It's, it's a new building permit goes through the normal process. Uh, there'll be new, new plan pages um, to be updated for those, those specific conditions. It'll be routed to the planning department, the normal review process there, the building department. It'll be a brand new building permit number assigned to it. So, you know, the project will have your main permit and the revision building permit, two building permits. What would trigger DBI to, to, to do that inspection and, and see whether the measurements are well, accurate generally in um, big uh, vertical additions like this there'll be a start start a work inspection and that's where we'll go through the plans and verify that everything is accurate okay so that so, happens at the start work inspection yeah. which would happen after this appeal is mm -hmm. uh decided but i say generally the plans are accurate but like i said there are licensed professionals who design these before they submit them but it is Obviously, it is possible there could be discrepancy. Okay, and if that were to happen um, at the, just assuming at the initial site and in, uh, the start work inspection uh, that DBI did find uh, discrepancies uh, between the plan set and what is uh, and real life conditions, um, would that mean that the this permit would be suspended until that? Is dealt with, or how, how does that work? No, it, it would it would depend on how um, egregious the, the misrepresentation is. Um, it, it is possible we could suspend the permit. It's also possible to say, you know, no work in this area until the revision permit is, is uh, um, issued. Um, so, so it it depends. Thank you. That's helpful. Thank you, Commissioner Trezvina, then Vice President Lopez. Thank you. Same subject. I'm trying to amass the testimony on this. You have Mr. Wong, who lives there, or his sister lives there, owns the property, is adamant that the measurements on the plans are incorrect. Correct. 
Mr. Teague was asked, and I, 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 I was less, I was, I was hoping for more clarity on the city's view, and you've described the, your, your view or the DBI's view of the maps as deference because they're professionally drawn, presumptively they are correct. Correct. And you've, dis you've described to Commissioner Lemberg a process going forward where there could be an opportunity for actual measurements and then a decision at that point as to whether there are inaccuracies and how serious they are. Right so far? Correct. So in the normal course, from the beginning of this project to now, would the city have routinely seen any measurements, taken any measurements, uh, checked any measurements, or does that not does that not come up routinely in a matter like this? Well, uh, the Department of Building Inspection does not do a site visit to verify the the measurements. Okay, is that what you're asking? That 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 answers my question. Yeah, and planning pr pr prior to issuance of the permit is what I meant. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Lopez. Uh, thank you, thank you, Mr. Green, for for your testimony. Uh, digging into that same subject of uh, misstatements or inconsistencies that would lead to a potential revision permit, uh, we've heard testimony from the appellant about um, essentially five feet, half a floor uh, misstatement is is a five feet in height. Uh, difference is that something that would, in your experience, give rise to a revision uh, permit? Yeah, f five feet is is a big big discrepancy. Right, and then we've the building also, code says if it's more than six inches, a revision should be required. Got it. That's helpful. And then, with respect to 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 the slope of of the proposed construction, we've heard of a range of thirty five to sixty degrees. If if memory serves, when I believe the the plans state forty five degrees, do those differences in in the range of of slopes would, would that would that give rise to a revision permit? Yeah, is it forty five degrees of the roof line they're talking about? Or? I, you know, I I can't I can't tell you, but it, my understanding was that we're talking about a forty five purported uh, forty five degree slope in the plans yeah. and in, in actuality the testimony from uh, the appellant as far as i understand it is the the actual uh slope would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 degrees in some instances and up to 60 degrees in some instances yeah so i, I would say a 10 to 15 degrees difference is is substantial yes would it's substantial enough to give, an, give rise to got yes it. okay thank you okay thank you you can be seated thank you is there any public comment on this item? Okay, we do have someone in the room. There are so, sorry, to, uh, to President Swig. Last week I called you Mr. Swig and I should have said President Swig, so my apologies. There are so many things wrong with this plan and with this project, it's incredible. I was a neighborhood president for nine years and we dealt with these things all the time. And planning doesn't go out and measure. We depend on the architect. And there were some bait and switches before. I will tell you, uh, can you swear me in? Julie, would you swear me in? 
Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. I have no connection to the property, no financial in it at all. I know John, and I've been just talking to them. The plans from the very moment that we saw plans at the pre-application meeting were not the plans that they submitted showing they did the pre-application meeting properly. If I can show you. Just as an aside, they, the, um, Mr. Wong and Mr. Hall wrote briefs. This isn't, this isn't corrections for grammar and, and spelling. These are corrections because these are illogical arguments. They're not based in fact and they're not proven. The same with Mr. Hall. the time. This is the sign-in sheet from the... Overhead, please. You turn it towards you. Thank you. And was it, uh, was, uh, papers were filed uh, Papers were filed fraudulently or, or misrepresented. He shouldn't be at this process. We shouldn't be here. So there appears in that form two people's names, Nancy Wong and, and Jason. Jason was the tenant that had lived in that home. We know him quite well. He didn't sign this, he didn't print it, and neither did Nancy. Nancy had buried her mother that day. I hate to get emotional, but she'd buried her mother that day. So the day that we went to that meeting, John and I went, not for her, we went anyway. Um, at the uh, DR, the single question that was asked of, uh, of the uh, Mr. Hall was, um, why, did he, why did he sign Nancy's name? Well, because John and Mark were representing her. We weren't representing her. We were there for our own. Okay, let's give him that, that we were representing her. Why? The second sheet that they're required to hand in is a summary sheet of questions and, and concerns. There's one question listed on here. It's dismissive. Um, I'll read it if you'd like, but I don't have my glasses. I forgot them. If we were there representing her, uh, we have a litany of complaints now. Why aren't they represented on there? They're not. And if I sound angry, I'm not angry at the board. I'm angry that we're having to do this. I, I, I have no problem as a scientist proving somebody wrong. Calling someone a liar and a cheat? I, I have a problem with that. I, it physically makes me want to wretch. He signed this under penalty of perjury. When I talked to um, the deputy director at a planning, um, he said, well, you know, Mark, it's just a, um, it's just a way to get information to the, to the neighborhood. 30 seconds. Well, he, uh, he, he didn't provide us information. We never received plans. He, he filed fictitious uh, um, things here. There are so many problems with this, we can't even begin to show you. I, I will show you. If we can sit with Mr. Teagues tomorrow, I'll show him all the errors and all the plans consistently throughout. I just don't have time to do it now. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Is there any further public comment for this item? Raise your hand. Anybody on Zoom? Okay, I don't see any. So we're going to move on to rebuttal. Mr. Wong, you have three minutes. I'm a little more organized now. Sorry. So here is the house again. Overhead, please. Here's the house again with a better view of my sister's home. Can you speak the in the mic? Where the, you can see the height where it slopes onto um, my sister's roof. 
Here's the drawing. As you can see, the dotted slash line is what the architect denotes uh, the height of the houses. And in actuality, it's down here. As you can see, the slope of the roof here, there's a little lip on the, on the edge of there. That represents the, that little lip there. That represents that little lip there. And this is the architect's lip. I mean, he drew that, not me. I just connected them one point to the other. And it makes sense because that's about 20 feet. And, and, and you know, because we all believe that the architect is a professional. He's going to draw and accurately portray, you know, the, the building correctly, but apparently not in this case. The light well, as you can see highlighted in yellow, it's above. What good is the light well if it doesn't even reach down to the windows? And I've never seen a light well where only went one floor. There are three more windows down on the ground floor. They don't, where, where, where's the mitigation for those windows? None. And um, so perspective as to a view out of her kitchen window is to the, the, the current deck, which is set back five feet already from the property line. So whoever built that thought about the neighbors and the privacy went on, they put it lattice and what about. So, and you know, that was my immediate uh, thought was that they would do that um, when they expanded. Here's a photograph of the model that I created. And these dimensions are directly taken off the plans, um, line for line off of these plans. Um, also, if you look at this drawing here again, with a naked eye, you can see this is supposed to be 10 feet, that's supposed to be 10 feet. Does one look, they, they, do they look like they're both 10 feet? No, this one looks larger. About two feet, actually, larger. Um, this is uh, a view of the neighborhood on 12th Avenue. My sister's house is right here. It's articulated on both sides. If you notice, all the other buildings that are ex uh, expanded or added, They've all articulated. They pulled. They created sides at all except for him. All just on one side. So, um, do I have to have more local time? Last no. one is the at the 28, 28 foot. This was at the uh, the DR. That's what uh, the plans represented. And and well, uh, this setback and this setback. It's the same level. And so they're both 28 feet from the, the max build line. Thank you. That's time. Okay. Thank you. We do have a question from Commissioner Trezvina. Uh, Mr. Wong, can you pull up the first photograph and the first diagram? First, um, first photograph, first diagram. The one that I showed or? The, the, the first the first two things you, you showed us, uh, one. one's a photograph. Yes. This one and... Yeah, that's the diagram. That one, yeah. I can't hear you, Mark. Uh, it's a picture of the house from the front. Oh, the house. Right there. You're 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 trying to show a discrepancy between the photo in real life 
and the plan, correct? Um, where he's trying to portray where the, the, the roof line in the diagram, yeah. Right. Uh, so, and I'm proving that that's where it is. The photograph shows it. So the, 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 the key point of this photograph is the edge of your sister's house and the roof, the roof. meets there. And right. And, and where is that on, where is that on the, this map um, or, 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 oh, on the drawing? It's on this one here. Okay. Uh, if he has a dotted line here, that's the roof line. Right. And that's at 45 degrees, so it should be. But he draws it at 60 degrees, the, the wide band. Um, her roof line is here. The, the diagram illustrates it as being up here. Can you pull it down a, time, a little bit? Just oh, down? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Thank you. So this is her roof line. Where about the, the what do you call that? The, the top, the ceiling of their second floor, and because she, she's two stories, so that makes sense. So, so the so the issue is the the degree um, of the slant, correct? Well, no, the pro close proximity. Well, one, it's it's an incorrect illustration because. The, it's not a 60-degree rule. It's a 45-degree rule. And anything below that 45-degree angle it gets no light. Basically. All right, say that again. Anything below that 45-degree angle, and it's based on the highest point of the obstruction, which would be that corner. And that corner is only the light well, which is 10 feet wide, 4 feet deep. Uh, there's 18, after you pass the light well, you've got 18 more feet of house on the property line at three stories up. So you still have to, when the sun goes by, basically to pass that 10 foot mark, it's like two minutes, three minutes or whatever. But whereas right now she gets sun, she wakes up to the sun at like seven in the morning. It shines through the windows and stuff and it just goes over. So she gets sun all day long. Okay, you're, you're going beyond what I, what I yeah. was trying to find out about the, about the photograph and the map. So okay. I, that's, that's all I needed. Yeah. Thank and, you. And, and just because you're a, a, so I'm not, I'm not I, w I was only asking about the first okay. map. Thank you. Oh, okay, thank you. You can be seated. We will now hear from the permit holder, and I believe the art, you want the architect to speak? Um, he's, he's raising his hands, maybe. Okay. Sure, Tim, Tim can start. He has a few minutes. I'll okay. happy to speak. Mr. Lorenz, please go ahead. You have three minutes. And we can't hear you. And we're not seeing the right picture. Uh, I know. I'm trying to get this. Um, okay, take your result. time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, stop. Um, what was Erico? Um, let me get this through. Um, and I'm going to stop my... Uh, I'm going to stop my thing and um, I don't know how to there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and, and say um, a few things here. Um, uh, 311 and the ultimate planning commission meeting um, after maybe about 200 homes and after maybe 100 of these meetings, um, the design continues to be refined and resolved by both neighbors and um, connections to, or just revisions by the uh, client and the planning commission and such. So a couple of those drawings are might be old. Uh, secondly, I'm trying to get into my PowerPoint 
Um, and I'm going to go ahead and try to do this now because um, what I'm seeing here is that um, there's a, a photograph that I wanted to bring up. And um, that in itself is what's really important for me uh, to show. Can you see my screen sharing now? Yes. Great. Thank you. Um, can you make it bigger like you did last time? Because we see the sure, I'm happy to do slides. That. If you want to just pause the time yeah. a moment. Yeah, it pauses. Yeah, the time you. is paused. And let me just go down to that one picture because I think a picture says okay. everything. Yes. You can see that there's two different sills on the on the house of uh, Along's house. There is a lower sill um, that's in actually in this uh, uh, perpendicular to the camera, and then the ones the, the double ones. The double ones are in the um, uh, the window of the kitchen. My assume because we were denied entry into the house. Um, that in itself, if you're looking at the top of the uh, the break, the eave break between the wall and the roof, is actually that's only about like a two feet below that uh, that parapet, their parapet. I'm not going to get back into the pettiness of this whole thing. I think that one of the aspects of bringing a wall eight feet over um, is going to give them a lot of view to see the sky. Again, this house is to the exact north, south. There might be a little bit um, of, of maybe early morning sun, but it does not get direct sun at all during the day. It's directly south of the house. So you can see that by the, how much shade they put on their patio um, of the Air Calls patio. Um, I, you know, I don't know when they're saying so many problems and mistakes. Um, I have over 28 feet from the edge of their house all the way back to that back window. And uh, probably from there, you look like you, got, you can divide that up to ten, um, three different divisions, and that's about 10 feet. Um, so I'm kind of, um, uh, I'm trying to make the, the point is that we revised the drawings and the dimensions, and we looked at them again and again about four times. Again, 2019 to what we are now, that's four years. We have always looked and make sure um, of the dimensions. Um, and that's it for me right now. I think that this picture shows exactly where we're at. Thank you. Okay, you have 32 seconds. Mr. Hall, do you want to say anything? Uh, just like, like to point out that uh, during the DR, we did try to, sorry. No, you're yeah. fine, 30 seconds. Oh, during the DR, we did try to go visit the home. Uh, we asked if we could go in, sort of see. Uh, they refused us and not allow us to go into the house to sort of see the conditions of any of these windows. Uh, the ones on the bottom are actually in that garage area. Uh, there's, you know, uh, never opened. And so, uh, you know, we were never able to go and visit the property or do any measurements over there. Uh, but our measurements, I feel, that are correct and the architect thinks are correct of what we're actually building. Thank you. That's time. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I don't see any questions, so we will hear from the planning department. Okay, I think I understand the, the issues, and I hope I can explain them in three minutes. Um, just to be clear, there is no 45 degree requirement in the residential design guidelines for those windows. I think the point that the appellant is trying to make is that if you don't have at least 45 degrees, you can't get direct, like you won't be able to see the sun. Um, I, you know, that, that window faces due north, so I don't know how often it really sees the sun 
anyway, but I just want to be clear, the, the plans don't reference a 45 degree angle. There's no requirement for a 45 degree angle. My understanding is that the appellant would like there to be a 45 degree angle. Um, relative to the, um, the height of the building, um, the appellant showed kind of the side um, elevation and showed that like the sloped roof of the subject house kind of truncates, you know, and so it was kind of saying that sh means they're not showing the full height, or they're showing their building higher. But if you look, and I don't have the pictures here with me, I think they have them there, but if you look at the front of the building, the appellant's pictures, I could bring up Google if you want, the nature of those buildings are that the sloped roofs stop. They don't, they don't go all the way to the end of the triangle, so to speak. They're, they're truncated into the adjacent building so that they actually do terminate early. Um, so to me, again, based on my viewing of the plans, I, I don't see a discernible difference between what we can see through um, aerial photography without a professional going out and taking measurements, you know, um, and, and what's on the plans, even relative to the height. The, the appellant's diagram, or talk, well, I should say the plans that show the, for, the diagram with the angle, just to be clear, that's a section of the light well. That's not the front of the building. That's, that's basically showing how much openness there is, there will be on the light due to the light well that was added to the project relative to the window on the side. Um, they don't have that up there anymore, but relative to you know, this window in question on the appellant's uh, side property line. So I, that certainly for me, after hearing that, it clarified, I think for me, what people were trying to get at. Um, but I just want to reiterate, there's no, there's no requirement to do that. And in fact, you know, if you're, if you're doing a light well, they're typically three by three, you're not going to get 45. You, I mean, you go down one story and it's impossible to really get 45 degrees for, for those angles. That's not a requirement in the code for, for light wells and side setbacks. I just wanted to be clear on that. And I'm available for any questions you may have. So there was an allegation that the light well doesn't go all the way to the ground. It's a, it, it stops, and so it doesn't affect the windows on the bottom. I didn't see that. Did you see that? Which, which part? Uh, there, there was an allegation by the appellant that the light well, uh, in, in fact, did not go all the way. I believe I understood that it did not go right. all the way to the ground and, in fact, um, blocked um, a window that was in existence. I, I didn't see that, but again, these the, I'm so cross-eyed on these plans that sure. I think I'm, we're, in, we're in sync on that one. Overhead? All right, I'm happy to use the overhead here and try to address that question. So again, this, this diagram here is the one in question a lot, and this four-foot setback here is, this is a cross-section of that light well that was proposed on the, on the project, you know, when it went out for 311, this went all the way to the property line. In response to the DR, they added this light well to provide some relief to this side setback and this window here. And this is just showing the access to light from this window. There's no representation that that's supposed to be 45 degrees. Um, but it is at this level. They don't do the light well at this level. I think the applicant was making the point that below this level is 
essentially not uninhabitable space. It's, it's garage or other space. Um, I think that's the, if that answers your question. Does the light well go all the way to the ground level or? Do, no, no, it's, it, the, the, it's just the top floor here. Okay. It's just the top floor um, and then and is this that level. A, is that a problem for you? No, and that wasn't part of the original project. Um, again, we technically what the adjacent building on the south has is not a light well. It's like a more substantial setback. A lot of light wells are set in, but then also boxed in. So right. there's limited light it can capture. This is a full on side setback, so it captures a lot more light. We don't require matching for that. The residential design guidelines do say if you have a light well, um, you should match that in a certain way to help incorporate light into both properties. So that wasn't required to begin with. This was a revision made by the applicant in response to the concerns raised by the uh, the appellant um, before the DR hearing. And, and I'm going to give you the opportunity of being redundant. So with regard to the roof line and, and if it's misdrawn, you don't see that it's misdrawn. You see that it according to your view that these plans are accurate and represent the project uh, properly? Um, in short, yes. I would note that if this was a matching light well per the residential design guidelines, the width of the light well would be required to be three feet. What the project sponsor has, has offered here, the light well they're proposing is four feet um, wide, so it's actually a larger... Better light well there than if we would have, than if there had been a matching light well. So it's advantageous side. to the appellant in this case? It, it is, yes. Yeah. And with regard to the matching roof lines, and do they, and, and do, do the drawings match reality? Your view is that they match reality? From all the information I'm able to see, they look legitimate to me. Yeah. Thank you. That's why, that's why we enjoy having you around. Thank you. Anybody Thank else? Thank you. I don't see any further questions. We'll, okay. we'll hear from DBI. Nothing further. Commissioners, this matter is submitted. Okay. Uh, JR, why don't you rock and roll this time? Well, so, I, this, there, there's, there's a lot to consider uh, here, and it's, it's a little bit hard to, to see all the pieces put well together. Um, you know, we do have the departments letting us know that, you know, from a planning perspective, things seem to be okay, and that if they're not okay when it gets to uh, the building component, there could be changes if the measurements are shown to be off uh, in the future. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm not sure whether that gives me comfort or not yet. Um, I'm not... Also, not sure I see enough to uphold hold the appeal at this time, and so, you know, I'm interested in the thoughts of my fellow commissioners on this one. I um, I concur with Commissioner Epler that I I don't see enough here to grant an appeal. I just don't see it. Um, I I also agree with Commissioner Epler that there's a lot to consider here. Um, I just don't think any of it is particularly relevant to the actual basis of the appeal. Um, and, and for that reason, I would vote to deny the appeal. Is that a motion? Uh, sure. Uh, I, I move to deny the appeal on the basis that the permit was properly issued. Commissioner Trezini, any further comments? Commissioner Lopez, any further comments? Uh, yes, I have 
Commons President Swig, and I thank my colleagues for laying out their, their positions. I am reluctant to, to deny this appeal uh, in major part because of the tremendous uncertainty that still exists um, from all the deliberation we've had from this, from the previous, uh, for, for, and from materials that have been that have been provided, and as a, as um, just as an institutional matter, I would uh, would like to know at some point from the planning department how a neighbor like Mr. Wong uh, and 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 his colleague can get these questions answered within the department with 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 uh, with a permit holder there, so that. Either appeals can be uh, avoided, or they can come in with a common set of facts. And, and it, it's frustrating that this happens a lot, where people come in with different views. And I think if they, if if the if the department were able to, and maybe it's not because of resources or 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 rules that we have put into place, um, not able to sufficiently resolve matters before they get here. Uh, but as for this matter, I'm, I'm heartened by uh, the the uh, the assurances and the testimony of the department that if there are in fact discrepancies between the map and reality, that there's an opportunity for uh, a, a reevaluation of the permit or re revisions to the permit, uh, and and that I think is the, is the is the best avenue. If 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 there's a if there are discrepancies, that the the the, the neighbor has Mr. Wong has has an avenue. Uh, to, to, to address those. So I would, I would deny the appeal. Yeah, I think um, I, sh I share the, the views that have been expressed by previous speakers in terms of uh, there being a lot to take in. I think it's, in my mind, a nature of the sequencing that the development process uh, has here and where where this this appeal and the appeal process and the hearing process fits within that sequence we we have to decide on this appeal before DBI's arbiter of heights and slopes gets to the building um, that's the bad news. The good news is that there's a process to catch those discrepancies. And I do think that uh, somebody in the permit holder's position uh, is highly incentivized to get the measurements right, because it turns out that process, if there are discrepancies that, that are significant and the discrepancies that the appellant has laid out on the record here sound very significant, uh, we're blowing past the six-inch uh, guidance that, that uh, Mr. Green spoke about. Um, the good news is that kicks off this parade of horrors of, you know, for, for someone who testimony is, is clear that this has been a project for several years, that kicks off another round of review, a fresh start, essentially, and by the way, another uh, appeal opportunity. And so I do think that... Uh, you know everything that we need to take in is uh, because of the pro the way that the process is structured, and again the sequencing. It makes the the decision 
you know, a little bit more challenging than otherwise it would be because ideally we'd be able to ask one of Mr. Green's colleagues, so what's the truth? Like, what's the height? What's the slope? But that's, that's where we are. Um, and so, you know, with that, I'll trust the, the process that's before us, the, trust the fact that if there are inconsistencies, DBI will catch them and issue a revision permit if needed. And then Mr. Wong, uh, Ms. Wong, uh, anybody else that, that's uh, followed the, the process, including with, with the DR uh, process that we've gone through, uh, I'm sure won't, won't hesitate to file another appeal if there are issues um, that are flagged uh, in any reversion, revision permit that, that may be required. Uh, so with that, I, I'm inclined to uh, vote in support of the current motion. Okay. Commissioner Lemberg, and the basis of your motion to deny the appeal was? That the, uh, that the permit was properly issued. Okay, so we have a motion from Commissioner Lemberg to deny the appeal and uphold the permit on the basis that it was properly issued. On that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trisvina? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Zweig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero and the appeal is denied. Thank you. Break, please. Uh, can we come back at 25 after? Okay, thank you for your patience for the people for item six. We're taking a short break, a 10 minute break. Thank you.
Okay, welcome back to the November 1st, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. We are now on item number six. This is appeal number 23-045, Eileen Roddy versus Department of Building Inspection, Planning Department Approval, subject property 2169 26th Avenue, appealing the issuance on September 12th, 2023 to Cindy Chan of a site permit, renovation of a single family home into two single family houses, horizontal and vertical addition, and interior renovation with bath and kitchen alteration. This is permit number 2018-0703-3738. And we will hear from Ms. Roddy first. Welcome. You have seven minutes. Hi. Uh, I've been assured that, um, oh, sorry. Phone, thank you. There we go. I've been assured that you all have the, um, attachments that I sent with my brief. And um, so if you have the the PDF that's um, titled PL8, PL9, PL11, and 12, then I won't try to fit the plans on the overhead, which might be a little complicated. So if you guys all have access to that, then um, I won't do that. But I will do, use the overhead for something okay, else. Okay, we can, do you want Alec to show I mean, we didn't get this information in advance, but they have read the brief and they have the exhibits, but. Yeah, uh, the exhibit, the. I, I could put it on the. Okay, that would be helpful. This can, oh, you can put it on the overhead. Yeah. Okay. Or I can show it on this, whichever is more, that's probably better, you know. Okay, can we have the overhead, please? I'm sorry? Oh, you wanna show it now? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Okay, good evening. My name is Eileen Roddy, and I live next door to the proposed construction. I'm a native San Franciscan, born and raised in the Sunset District. I have a few neighbors with me and my children. And we decided not to pack the hearing room tonight with dozens of concerned supporters because we've already done that twice. If half the people who are interested in this appeal sent emails of support as they indicated they would, then you've received a lot of messages that demonstrate what a contentious topic this is. In February 2020, we attended a discretionary review hearing. Our neighborhood group filed three DRs based on the plans dated 7-15-2019. The Planning Commission agreed that the project should have some limiting factors and they issued DRA 0685, which I also included in my brief. I'm displaying page two of that report on the overhead. Overhead, overhead please. please. It pre uh, presents the conditions that the Planning Commission required the sponsor adopt. The first several conditions stipulate that the front of the building kind of be cleaned up, removing roof and third floor parapets and briseoles, and making the bay projections, windows, and doors align and comply with the code and surrounding buildings. Originally, the, proposal, the proposed construction was going to lap my balcony the neighbor, neighboring building sticking out further than mine and a wall blocking the open end of my balcony, thus blocking light to my home office where I spend 10 to 12 hours per day, especially during tax season. 
The ninth condition on the DRA says provide setback adjacent to the neighbor's front balcony. The DRA report clearly talks about pulling the building back, removing items from the facade. Nowhere does it say that the sponsor can add a six and a half by two and a half foot pop out containing a toilet or a two and a half foot roof overhang. If you refer to the PDF that I've given you entitled PL8, PL9, PL8 highlights in yellow the unauthorized pop out and the red squiggly line, the roof overhang. PL9 highlights just the roof overhang from the third floor perspective. These items were not on the plans dated 7-15-19. The plans in effect the day of the hearing. They do appear on the plans currently at DBI dated 9-13-22, which I requested from the project sponsor but never received. We were forced once again to hire a professional who knows how to read plans. He accompanied us to DBI to view the plans on file and he prepared the pages that you're viewing with the deviations highlighted. We request that the board not allow these changes as they are new features and not part of the approved plans. Item number six on the commissioner's action report. Addresses rear pop-outs, indicating that these should not exceed five feet to preserve scale at and access to the mid-block open space. Once again, if you look at PL8, PL11, and PL12 from the PDFs I provided with my brief, the yellow highlights labeled extension indicate that five-foot extensions at the rear of the second floor have been added. These extensions were not present on the plans dated 7-15-19, the plans in effect the day of the hearing. But they do appear on the plans currently at DBI dated 9-13-22. There were no second floor extensions at the rear of the buildings on the board approved plans nor did the commission indicate that the sponsor could add five-foot extensions where none existed. We request that the board not allow these additions as they are unauthorized and not compliant with the plans approved by the commission. After our DR hearing, the commissioners commended us on the amount of support we demonstrated and that even late into the evening, the hearing room was packed. Commissioner Koppel was the one dissenting vote, and after the hearing, he told us that he did want to take discretionary review, but he preferred that we come back before the commission once the plans had been modified to include the conditions that were detailed by the commission. The other commissioners, realizing that we had already been through the hearing twice, didn't want us to have to come back a third time. 
But here we are. Perhaps if Commissioner Koppel had prevailed, we wouldn't be here today. We ask that you not allow these unauthorized new features. Please hold the sponsor to the conditions set forth in the DRA and the accompanying plans dated 7-15-19. Thank you very much for the opportunity to present our appeal. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time. So we will hear from the permit holder. And I know the permit holder's architect is here, Mr. Chan. You're on mute. Hello, well, can you hear me? Yes, welcome, you have seven minutes. Okay. Um, uh, President Swick, uh, Vice President Lopez and commissioners, thank you for uh, listening to our presentation. Uh, it will be hopefully rather short. Um, our position is that we did go through the 311 and we received the comments from uh, David Winslow and uh, eventually Jeff Horn. And to the best of our ability, we complied with them. If there are any errors, we're happy to uh, remedy them. But to the best of my knowledge, uh, we have not uh, impeded on any of the requests uh, within that, that document that was presented by uh, Ms. Roddy. On top of that, um, during the, the 311 or the, the hearing, uh, at the very end, it was decided that uh, even those, those nine items did not properly reflect uh, some of the uh, final findings. And I believe one of the, uh, uh, the members of the board suggested that David who had a very good relationship with you know both ourselves and Ms. Roddy, um, that he would sort of uh, have discussions with both of us and uh, address those items and uh, you know and that is the path that you know in my mind was going to resolve this. Um, now, if Ms. Roddy feels we've exceeded that, I I would gladly make, uh, you know, corrections, but I don't believe we've done so. Um, and as well, I think she noted something uh, in the lines of us redesigning between the time that we had the 311 and the time that we submitted. Um, actually, the time we, we went into 311, the time we, we came out of 311. Uh, my understanding uh, from talking to other architects in San Francisco who uh, have more, more experience than I do, although I'm, Bay, I'm from the Bay Area, I've been out of the Bay Area for about uh, 30 years. Uh, I've done some projects, um, but I don't work in the city of San Francisco every day. So I've, I've reached out to uh, some friends who have more experience than I. And they told me that, uh, and I hope they're correct, that as long as you do not exceed the allowed uh, planning requirements, uh, when someone uh, challenges your design and you must make 
uh, revisions to your design, uh, you also have the right to amend your design at that time and resubmit it. And that's what we did. And hopefully that was what was reviewed by both David and Jeff, excuse me, Jeff Horn. Um, now, I, I had, uh, I guess my presentation was really basically the document that was submitted to you guys. I, I don't have any additional documents because I didn't think I needed any. I'm not asking for any uh, additional um, concessions of any kind or, or any design changes from our part. Uh, we are in the city, uh, in DBI, and uh, we were actually waiting for building comments when Ms. Um, Roddy reached out to us saying that uh, she wanted to see some drawings. I was out of the country. I was not able to do that. So she decided, uh, you know, and she did tell me uh, that she would, you know, appeal, which, you know, uh, is her right. Um, but I guess one of the questions I have is that we've been approved for, I think, over a year. And uh, I'm just curious, and, and I don't know if it's relevant to this case or this meeting, but uh, why it took 15 months to, you know, to bring this up, because this was all public knowledge. And I'm just, I'm just curious. In any case, that's, uh, thank you for the time. And uh, that's all I have. I, thank you. We have a question. Uh, okay, thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Shazvinia. Uh, thank you for your testimony. Um, do I understand correctly that it's your testimony tonight that you were required to implement, take up nine items, and you've done your best to do so? To to my understanding, we complied with everything, you know, based on David's and Jeff's approvals on our plans. Okay, and the, and but there are some other items like the extension, the pop out. Are are those things you have added outside of the nine items? Yes, and that is what I spoke to earlier. Is that uh, when someone appeals your design, and and it's true, even if someone doesn't appeal your design. As long as your design meets with current uh, city planning or building state building code, um, there is nothing that says you cannot alter your design. Okay. And, and I, I noted our allowable square area or square footage. And as a matter of fact, I believe we spoke to, um, I can't remember if it was David or, or Jeff, but they were well aware that we were doing this. And they, they said, you know, that's well within your right to do so if you choose to, because the whole set will be reviewed in, with all the changes, those that are required due to the 311 or, and as well as the ones that you would like to, uh, you know, the changes you'd like to make maybe because of the uh, requirements or for another reason. And I, I noted in the record uh, emails from Ms. Chan uh, saying there's such a long period of time in which she was trying to get an answer from, from the city. During all these various times for the new items that you just described, have you ever had the opportunity to talk to Ms. Roddy or any of the neighbors about their thoughts about them? Uh, I did not directly because it happened during when we were having discussions with David 
and um, and he was actually sort of coordinating communications between both parties. So in my mind, whatever changes we submitted to David uh, would also flow through to Ms. Roddy. So thank you. That's all I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Commissioner Lindbergh. Thank you. Um, my question is similar to Commissioner Trezvenia's, but uh, I think slightly di uh, distinct, which is, was there a neighborhood, uh, did you provide notification to all of the neighbors of these proposed changes when they were going, uh, when, when you decided to make these changes to the, uh, to the plan set that were outside the scope of what was discussed at the discretionary review hearing? Uh, no, we didn't, but my understanding is that that was not a requirement. Okay, thank you, and, and that's also what I would like uh, planning and DBI representatives to focus on, but uh, just for that, but uh, thank you. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you. We will now hear from the planning department. Okay, good evening again, President Swig, Commissioners, Corey Teague, Zoning Administrator for the Planning Department. Um, again, the appeal before you tonight is a building permit um, for a property right now that is um, an existing single-family home in an RH1 zoning district on essentially a double-wide lot. So instead of 25 feet wide, it's 50 uh, feet wide. The proposal um, is to, in totality, subdivide this property into two kind of standard 25-foot wide lots, take the existing single-family home that's there, you know, alter it in a way that it would be um, changed and expanded to some degree to exist on the northern lot and then build a new single-family home on the southern lot. So the only real proposed building in question tonight is the northern lot, which is um, adjacent to the, to the appellant. Um, this is a little bit unusual only in the sense that, um, as was mentioned, this went through the process. It was a very engaged process. There were two DR hearings. Um, Ultimately, at the second DR hearing, there was a kind of recommendation for various uh, modifications to the project in response to the DR. Ultimately, the Planning Commission found those to be adequate changes to make. Um, part of the challenge was that it was nine changes and they weren't all like precise. And in terms of like, take this feature and move it exactly this many feet and inches, right? Um, so there was understanding there was, there was gonna be some fuzziness at the end. And the Planning Commission very specifically discussed this. Because like, one of the options was, okay, let's, we've given this guidance. We're, let's continue it now, have the plans amended, and come back again to the Planning Commission to review the final plans. And ultimately, the Planning Commission said, no, we don't want to do that. You guys have already been out here twice. We, we, we've said what we want. The, the finer details, we're just going to leave to staff because there's been there's been a good working relationship between staff and all the parties here, and we trust staff to just understand what we're saying in these nine changes and any smaller details to figure out in the final design would go through staff. So that's where, and that's what happened. The project sponsor went through a, a round of kind of modifications to the project with the project planner and our, um, one of our staff architects who kind of oversees the DR process, re review process. and did what they ultimately, the, the planning department staff and the uh, applicant determined met all nine requirements of the, um, of the planning commission action on the DR. And the appellant today is basically, you know, their case is that 
they feel like the changes that were made don't accurately reflect or maybe go further than what was called out in the Planning Commission's guidance. So I think that's what we're really looking at today. You know, specifically on the front, they asked to have like a, an inset along the appellant's balcony. Didn't really say how wide or how deep that inset should be. That inset was provided. The, 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 um, the Planning Commission's action didn't talk about maintaining any particular cornice line or feature like that, and that was left there um, on that corner. So the massing of the building was inset to respond to the neighbor's balcony, but the cornice line um, was, was left there, and I think that's one of the issues the appellant has concerns about. Um, and on the rear pop-out, the original plans actually were a little interesting in the sense that the third floor at the rear actually projected deeper than the second floor. Um, there was kind of an inset in the second floor, and it was designed in a pop-out manner, this kind of like a 12-foot um, uh, pop-out that we have in the planning code that's permitted in the rear yard. And the specific guidance from the Planning Commission was just that the pop-out can be no more than five feet. It didn't address at what floor. It didn't go any further than that. And so the proposal was to pull in the third floor so because it went further than five feet. So pulled the third floor pop out in, so it went no further than five feet. But the second floor, it did also push it out a little bit up to that five-foot point so that the pop out does not go any further than five feet deep. So that was determined to be consistent with what the Planning Commission had the limit the Planning Commission had put on the project. Um, and obviously the, the appellant feels like that's not an appropriate change to the project relevant to the Planning Commission's guidance there. Um, I, I think you heard the, um, you know, the, the permit holder, like we did not have a discussion about understanding of what can and kind of can't happen. There's not like specific rules about what changes can be made. I mean, the whole thing that's creating this context is that the Planning Commission adopted, you know, a, uh, a DR action that was not completely exact and basically put on staff to kind of figure out the final design details while still meeting all of the nine criteria that were pr presented. And that's what happened. Um, I mean, ultimately, my understanding is that this was a very kind of understood process. There was communication with the appellant during that time about the changes that were happening to the plans um, before it was um, ultimately um, issued. And there's just a, you know, a disagreement here between the appellant and kind of the, the permit holder and the city about those final changes. Um, because there was a, a very specific process um, to make those changes and was reviewed thoroughly by the project planner and our staff architect, you know, the department feels that the permit meets the conditions that were put on it by the planning commission at the discretionary review and as such that the permit was issued correctly and we respectfully request that you um, deny the appeal and uphold the permit, but I'm available for any questions you may have. Thank you. We have questions from President Swig, Vice President Lopez, and Commissioner Lemberg. So when this body deliberates and asks for a change, we generally say we um, uh, deny the appeal 
And, no, we uh, we fine for the appellant, and we but the terms and conditions are that we're changing this by six inches, or or doing away with this, or doing away with that. We're very specific, and that's how the the plans uh, end up with those very specific things. And what you're saying in in this is that it was uh, the the appellant is a victim of ambiguity, in that there was. A, a spirit that was offered uh, with regard to what might be changed on the plans and then the project sponsor took that spirit and it manifested in the the, the plans that we see today it, it, and, and with assistance and guide, guidance and feedback from the planning department is that true yeah, I mean, that's, that's fairly accurate in terms of the, the process. There was a, after the DR hearing, the applicant filed, you know, a revision set that they felt met the Planning Commission standards. I know there was several iterations of that. There were comments that the staff gave that, no, you need to make these changes. This isn't doing that. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how many iterations it got to the final, but there were several iterations until it was determined that the plans were consistent with the Planning Commission's action. Yeah, so, so at, at, at issue is that all that occurred and that's all fine and dandy with you, and I've heard that. Uh, but the issue here is that uh, th there was a part of the triangle that was left out, and that would be today's current appellant who, um, who saw some plans that they didn't see in 2019, and they weren't made privy to the fact that there were there were discussions, iterations, uh, that there was a spirit that was thrown out uh, as part of the DR. The, the project architect uh, did their best to embrace that spirit, uh, planning with planning's guidelines. They did their best to embrace that spirit and, and came up with a, a set of plans that you have no problem with. But what I think we, the issue that we have today is not that they, uh, somebody was trying to, to, you know, hide the hide the walnut somewhere, uh, but but rather that um, the, the the appellant was not involved in any of those discussions that led to a final plan. So as far as they're concerned, there, you know, there are some plans that. Uh, there, there are some plans that don't pass muster because they they never saw them before. Is that am I capturing the the spirit of what's uh, speaking of spirits? Well, I don't uh, want to speak for the appellant in terms of their exact positions. If it's a question of just they are take issue with the timing of when they saw the plans, or that they disagree with the plans in terms of their effect of being consistent with the planning commission's guidance, it was very clear. The Planning Commission's decision at the hearing was very clear in the actual motion they made was to take DR and modify, basically, um, and um, adopt the modifications, I think, proposed by staff, which there were nine of those, um, and for staff to continue working with the architect to finalize the details of the design. And there was, like, very specific discussion. I mean, there was, like, awareness that there was going to be some fuzziness that needed to get worked out. And the Planning Commission didn't want to have that come back for another hearing. They wanted that to happen at the staff level. Right. So, um, and I think, you know, I think the appellants, you know, 
they knew it was going to be some changes because there were like some very specific changes in those nine bullet points, but there's some not specific changes, and so you don't really know what those are going to look like until right. until so those are set. As far for for the purpose of this hearing, uh, you you are happy. You as representing planning are happy with the result of those plans. You feel that they uh, they fell. Uh, directly into the context of, right. of the DR direction and what we need to hear in rebuttal from um, the, the appellant, uh, I hope the appellant is listening to me, is uh, are these changes things that, that they can understand or they come as such a surprise that they have huge problems right. with what they are now seeing in the the yeah, the, the entire context of the review of the revised plans after the DR hearing was to make sure they were consistent with the Planning Commission's actions. That was the, that was the entire context. Um, and that does make this a little different than typical because, yeah, because we have was, that intermittent, right? inter, intermittent period in there where it wasn't like done at a public hearing. But that was, you know, the, the Planning Department got the plans to a place where they determined, where the Department determined they were consistent with the Planning Commission's action through the DR, and so that's why they were approved and issued. And clearly, those plans don't look exactly the same as the ones at DR because they had to be changed. And, you know, the appellant has, you know, detailed the specific issues they have with these two plans. Right. So as far as you're concerned, this is code compliant. This works in the context of the, of the DR. And, um, and what, what you would like to hear, and so you're okay with it moving forward and to, uh, for, to deny the appeal, but you'd also like to hear if, uh, since the appellant is now saying, whoa, whoa, these are new plans for us, if there's anything that they have very large disagreements with other than the fact that they are different, correct? Right, yeah, these are, we think the plans are consistent with the Planning Commission's action, okay. so that's fine there. I think that, except the appellants have detailed the specific aspects that they have concerns about. And I think even the applicant mentioned, like, if there's some tweaks that need to be made, like, there's, I'm sure there's some reasonable stuff to be having. This is a little bit of an unusual process for this project. Um, but having said that, I mean, the plans that are in front of you today, the department feels they are consistent with the Planning Commission's action. Okay. Thanks a lot. I'll pass it along to Commissioner Lopez. Thank you. A uh, couple things from me. Um, the the self-described fuzziness, in from your perspective, is that is that due to you know, in substantial part due to the fact that we're essentially talking about a new building, or or what? What no, what, what's that about? I, I think it was because. A lot of, there were so many proposed changes to this project, and it was just this one building, and a lot of them were fairly minor in nature. And sometimes the Planning Commission doesn't want to basically, down to the inch, redesign a project. And so sometimes the guidance they give is a principle or a concept without those hard edges, right? And they also understand that if they tell you to move something over here, it's gonna impact the things that are over there and you might have to shift some things around to accommodate that. So I think in this case, um, I wasn't at that hearing, but I went back and watched the video. They seemed like they, they didn't wanna get down to that level of nitty gritty and they also did not want to have it come back for a third hearing. Um, they were very specific about that. And then they were very specific about the fact that 
they were trusting and counting on staff to do that work, like to iron out the final details of what this is going to look like based on you know, the, the uh, DR action that they passed. Got it. And then a follow-up, um, you just said they were entrusting staff to do that work. As, as part of doing that work, is it, is it your understanding that, that that work should involve, you know, communicating, you know, proposed changes to folks like the appellants, or is that mostly an exchange between the permit holder, their architect, and the staff? It's typically something between, like, the, the people who file the DR had the DR hearing and the planning commission took action in response to the DR. The changes that happen after that are typically between the department and the applicant. Um, again, I don't have the exact detail of the level of communication and coordination with the appellant during that process or once those plans have been finalized. I can get a little bit more information on that. I know, I know there was some level of communication, um, but in terms of exactly when and the timeline and what level of review, I'm not entirely sure. I can I can check on that a little bit more. But that there wasn't a there definitely wasn't um, a condition in the DR to have that happen, you know, prior to the issuance of the permit. And that's typically not the process that would happen. Got it. Thank you. Sure. Commissioner Lumberg. Thank you, Mr. Teague. I, I have some big picture questions, I guess, kind of behind this. Um, I can't say I understand why the Planning Commission chose to not bring this back for a third hearing. Obviously, having seen how contentious this particular project was, uh, and then seeing that there were pretty significant additions made to this um, this project that weren't in in the scope before, I'm not asking you to answer that question. That wasn't really a question. I just don't really understand it. Um, what I'm getting caught on here is kind of the policy reasons behind a you know, a kind of bigger picture issue, which is why project sponsors are permitted to make changes outside of the scope of review that was done in the discretionary review process at all. Why, why are they allowed to make changes that are outside that scope of what was discussed at the DR? I, in my head, a discretionary review, if, uh, as the Planning Commission did here, uh, takes, uh, you know, they obviously made a list of nine things that they wanted the project sponsor to change here, which mm -hmm. is several. And what what happened was those nine changes and then some other stuff too. And I just don't understand why that's even permissible. Sure. And to answer the first question, um, just to, or at least try to give you a little more context, my understanding from watching the video was that Again, there had already been two hearings, um, and I think as the appellant mentioned, the, you know, people came out, both hearings. And I think the second hearing, I don't know exactly what time of night it was, but it, it ended up being pretty late. Um, and I, th I think the Planning Commission's position, they felt like they had gotten to a resolution, um, and they really didn't want to bring everybody back out for a third hearing. Um, and that's where they said, we're going to pass this, these actions, some of them very specific, some of them less specific, let staff work out you know, the final nuanced details so we don't have to bring everybody back out here for a third time. I mean, I'm just, that's what they said at the hearing. So I, the, that's the only information I can give you on, on that. Um, on your second question, 
there it, it always depends on a discretionary review what happens after right because again sometimes the planning commission may take discretionary review and they may say very specifically you're proposing a new third floor you have to set it back 15 feet done like that's very easy and objective um in this situation and i think this is why the planning commission was talking about having staff do this they were talking about moving some features around um, and doing some other things without giving precise dimensions. Um, and I mean, I think typically we would prefer more precise dimensions, but you know, we, we, we learn from our experience. I don't, I don't know that we would have a planning commission. You know, this was 20, the very beginning of 2020, 2019. Um, so it was, it was a while back. Um, so there's an understanding that things are going to get moved around. To my understanding, nothing in the plans that are before you today is full on like additional other than the second floor at the rear, which was a, again a nuance in the sense where they had a pop out that was a big on top, small on bottom, and they kind of made it small on top and a little bigger on bottom in the context of still being consistent with the parameters that the planning commission laid out there. Um, and that, and that's part of, I think, the challenge of this overall case and it, whether or not that's an appropriate change to have made in response to the Planning Commission's actions. Um, I mean, I, clearly the appellant feels like that they shouldn't have made that, they should have just, um, but I think in, they also pulled the third story back further than necessary, but so I, I, I only make that point because I, I don't feel like even on the front, the, they left the cornice, but they gave the, the massing is pulled back to a decent amount to match the neighbor's balcony. So it's hard to say like they didn't do what the planning commission said because they, they did. They left a, a cornice or an overhang, which is common in buildings. So again, it's kind of getting into the weeds as to whether or not that's an element that should be removed or isn't consistent with the planning commission. I mean, I think the intent, especially up front with that, is was a massing and not having, you know, you're blocking off their balcony because you're extending in front of it. Removing the mass is definitely the main point of that. I think that was the intent from the department's perspective that having a cornice overhang is not, was not the issue. It was having like the full on floor level extend that, that far forward. I think that was the rationale. I, Commissioner, um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to formulate this question. Um, I'm not accusing the project sponsors here of anything in particular. I don't necessarily even think this is true, but just for sake of example, if given a situation like this one where there's mm -hmm. been two DR processes already and uh, you know, and say there was kind of a bad actor project developer. And I, again, I'm not accusing the, this particular project sponsor of doing this. Sure. I'm just saying for sake of example, wouldn't the planning commission's decision kind of just be a, like a, a beacon saying make additional changes because the, uh, the people who are opposing this project aren't going to have any chance to, uh, you know, to protest. 
I, it makes me really uncomfortable that this is, I, I, and I, this obviously isn't your fault, this isn't anybody in this room's fault, um, but it makes me really uncomfortable how we got here, um, and I don't really know what to do about it, and I'm not even sure what the question, I, well, mm -hmm. I, there was a question in the first half, but. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I can, if I can really answer yeah, that, no, because, it's, yeah, I mean, the Planning Commission took the action they, they took, which kind of required the process that happened after. Right. There, there was, you know, it, it was not a decision by the Planning Commission that was, like, completely objective. It, it left some gray area and some final tweaking that was going to have to be done. And the project, you know, you have before you is, is a result of that. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Commissioner Trezinho. Uh, thank you. Can you describe the nature of the communications or the input by the appellant after the Planning Commission until now? I can give you more information on rebuttal if that's okay. I, I know I confirmed with the project planner that, the, um, that there was a conversation with the appellant you know, prior to the permits being issued. What I'm not sure off the top of my head is the exact timing level of coordination, that, that level of information. But I'm happy to look at more and provide that in more detail on rebuttal. I, I would appreciate it yeah. if you would, because I, I do think it's important. Uh, the, the appellants have been described as kind of victims of this process, but I see the permit holder also as a victim of a process because now we've gone for months and they work, seems like they worked with, with the department the department's comfortable that whatever additions there were are within the spirit or not inconsistent with or whatever whatever the language is that, that it fits. And now we have before us, we're asked to make a decision similar to the decision we were asked to make earlier about the degree, the degree of the of, of the pitch of the of, of the roof in the previous case. And it seems to me that if we really that this could be avoided. I asked in the earlier case about was there an opportunity for the neighbors to get some questions resolved by the city. It seems like in this case, this could a lot of this could have been resolved had the appellant been able to meet and be part of this, so that then they could get the wisdom of the of the planning department, which says this is all in the spirit of the of the planning department, the planning commission's decision. So I think it is important to know what opportunities there are for members of the public so that they don't have to become appellants. Okay, thank you. I don't okay. see any further questions. Thank you. So we will now hear from the Department of Building Inspection. Um, good evening again. I'm Matthew Green representing the Department of Building Inspection. Um, I'll be brief. This is mostly about the planning department approval, but I would say uh, the plans that were given to DVI after the planning department approval, they do, they do meet the building code. Um, at the end of the day, there's going to be two single-family houses on two separate lots with two separate certificates of final completion. Um, we'll support any changes that you deem worthy tonight. Um, I'm available for any questions you might have. 
Thank you. I don't see any questions. We're now moving on to public comment. Is there anyone in the room who would like to provide public comment? Please come up to the microphone. If anyone else wants to, if you could just line up against the wall so we can keep it moving, that'd be great. And then after you're done speaking, if you could fill out a speaker card, which is to the right there, and just hand it to Alex so we sure. get the minutes correct. Thank you. Please go ahead. You have three minutes. Hi. Good, good evening. My name is Ellen Callis, and I am a neighbor of Eileen's. And um, my husband and I purchased our house in May of 2020, um, after the initial um, discretionary review, which was in February of 2020. Um, after hearing the comments this evening, I'm aghast <laughs> and appalled at what I'm hearing from DBI. Um, my experience with DBI has nothing to do with new build. It has to do with renovation. It has to do with uh, the renovation of a 12-unit building um, in Pacific Heights as the president of an HOA. And I can tell you, no addition was ever a nuance, and nothing was ever fuzzy. And I came tonight with just three questions. And I also came tonight after looking at the plan submittal guidelines from the planning department. My questions are this. As neighbors to the project in question, we have three questions to which we request thorough answers. Why is it that DBI now has plans differing from those approved in good faith at the February 2020 discretionary review? When were the approved February 2020 discretionary review plans changed and by whom? How can we be assured that what is agreed upon today, if something is voted upon, will be executed as agreed and in good faith? Those are my comments. Okay, thank you. Next speaker, please. Good evening. My name is Loretta Rowdy. I am Eileen's daughter. Um, I no longer reside on 26th Avenue, but I lived there for the better part of my life until um, I was about 27. Um, it's my family home. Uh, it's where my mother still lives. I have a lot of good memories and a lot of friends who still live on that block. I have watched this process unfold over the last four plus years, and I will say I'm very impressed by the neighborhood group that has formed. Um, I am concerned why we're here again for a third time. Um, but in 2019, my parents and uh, many of the neighbors formed a group, appointed a point person to avoid duplication of effort, got petitions of support signed, reached out to community groups like Speak and Spur, obtained support from those groups. All the neighbors contributed money to help pay for the many expenses, including filing fees and the cost of professional services. And most of all, on the recommendation of the planning department, they worked tirelessly with the sponsors to reach a compromise. Many, many emails back and forth. The number of plan sets that were required to be reviewed would make anyone's head spin. Our neighbors sometimes felt that the sponsor was not operating in good faith because remedies would be arrived at only to be disregarded a day later. We had several instances where we reported to the planning department that we'd reached a compromise only to have those plans replaced by others that had no semblance to what had been decided. It is uh, a little 
concerning to think what is the point of the DR hearing that we were here for um, with many of our neighbors and uh, people concerned with this project. Um, it is interesting to hear terms like uh, a little pop out when earlier tonight there was a something about six inches being a big deal. This fuzziness, um, you know, this hearing, these hearings are here to iron out fuzziness. Um, it feels like we're going to be, you know, somewhere where we live and have loved and hope to continue to live and love um, will be on the chopping block because of some, you know, ambiguous terminology that we were not aware of. We didn't know we needed to ask for, you know, five feet and five inches or whatnot. Um, Anyway, uh, we sincerely hope that you would not allow the plans currently on file at DBI to move forward. It would basically disregard the entire process that we've been through. Um, thank you. Thank you. If you could fill out a speaker card, that'd be great. Is there anyone else who wants to provide public comment in the room? Is there anyone on Zoom who wants to provide public comment? Please, please raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any further public comment, so we will, I see one hand. Okay, well, Mr. Chan, you'll have your chance at rebuttal um, after we hear from the appellant. So we'll hear from Ms. Roddy first. You have three minutes in rebuttal to address the board. Um, many of you asked about communication, and um, over the years, I had great communication with the planning department. I think David Winslow and I, emailed daily sometimes because as was mentioned the plans changed so often and like my daughter said I would take those plans to our architect and say okay this is the this is the new plan and then the next and I would say to David Winslow this is this is it I think we're there and then the next day the plans would change or or the project sponsor would send other plans that had nothing to do with what we had discussed late into the evenings on the telephone, trying to come to a compromise. I feel like we had great communication up until the DR hearing. And as soon as the DR hearing was over, communication pretty much shut down. I have pages and pages of emails that I sent to planning saying, hey, I'm looking for an update. Has anything you know, been established? Has anything... Um, Anything new happened, and months would go by, and I wouldn't hear anything. Or I, anyway, I felt like a total pest because I kept asking, and occasionally I did get a response. I have one email that says these are the plans that were um, that the project sponsor provided to meet the requirements um, that the planning commission set forward. Those plans are dated August of 2020. So what, six months after our DR hearing, there are no five foot extensions at the second floor on those plans. And I have the plans with me if you wanna look them. I've got dozens and dozens of sets of plans. Um, but that was kind of the last um, that I heard about changes in plans were, were the ones that were submitted to me because I asked for them. Um, I continued to ask for plans when I got the, um, the notice saying that the site permit had been issued, I immediately reached out to planning and it took about two weeks for us to um, get together and chat. And 
that was one day before I had to um, file the appeal. And so I filed the appeal just because I needed more time. I never got to see the plans that are at DBI. For some reason, we're not allowed to see 30 them. 30 seconds. You know, so it, it leaves us in this position of up until this time, I've been given plans, given plans, and then I say, okay, so what went to DBI? And they go, oh, you can't see them. They're, they're not published. They're copyrighted or something. So we went down there and looked at them and saw the deviations, and that's where we are. Thanks. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Lemberg, then Commissioner Trisvenia. Thank you, Ms. Roddy. I've, I've, I'm quite impressed with the uh, neighborhood uh, group you've put together. Ultimately, though, uh, this project most impacts you as the only immediate neighbor that's not also owned by the uh, project sponsor, uh, as the uh, other property on the other side is also owned by the project sponsor. My question for you is, uh, based on the current set of plans, uh, the ones that I believe you've seen by now, what changes from that set of plans would satisfy you? What specific changes? Um, so I have, I take particular um, dispute with the two five foot extensions on the second floor off the back of the building. As um, the gentleman from planning noted, um, on the plans that were in effect the day of our hearing, there was a four foot pop out on the third floor and a, and a three foot balcony. There was nothing on the second floor, um, at least on, on, on the building next to me. I think there was an extension on the building. And then on the ground floor, there were extensions that were deeper than five feet. And so when the planning commission said, pull your extensions back to five feet, I believe that they were addressing the extensions that were on those plans. Um, and then the front of the building, I can show you, I mean, I have a picture, and I, I know pictures are, um, I could use the overhead. So these are, these are our houses. Um, my house is the shingled house, Alma's here, her house is the blue house, and this is the double white house that's um, being renovated. And the houses step back as they go down the street, as you can see, and so the, the original proposal was that the construction come all the way out and um, lap the end of my balcony, which, let's see. I don't have the other photo. Um, and so my request was, oh, sorry, here it is. So that's my balcony looking south. And we tried to put a piece of plywood up so that you could see what it would look like if there was a building there. And my home office is right inside that building. So having the building stepped back so that it wouldn't lap my balcony was particularly important to me. So, um, you know, it, it was stepped out, but then it was popped out in a different, in a different location, which kind of defeats the purpose. Does that answer your question? Uh, yes, it does. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Trisvenia. I'd like to follow up right where Commissioner Lemberg left off. You've, you just showed us the impact. What is the impact? Is it a loss of view? Is it a loss of light? What, what is that? 
impact to you? On the, on the, well, actually, on both the front and the back of the house. It's the loss of light and the loss uh, of privacy, especially on the back of the house, because our living area, kitchen and living room, are in the back of the house. And um, his, his going out five feet on his second floor um, will put, we'll put a wall right where our light comes in from, from the west. And um, so it's, it's lack, of, lack of light and lack of privacy. Okay. Do you know if it's a wall with a window or just a, a, a wall? I don't think they're allowed to put windows on the property line, so it's just a wall. So, the, the, so what's the privacy impact if it's a wall? Well, because then there's a, then there's a five-foot or seven-foot balcony or something out, so people will be out ostensibly um, walking around on it. Um, my windows, or actually I have sliding doors that go out on some, to my deck that's right there. Um, and so... His, his addition and his balconies will impact that. And you mentioned in your brief that one of the reasons you filed the appeal is because you were running out of time, and you wanted to get some you wanted to get some answers, and you just said that again tonight. Would do you see any possibility of if we continued this matter? to give you the opportunity to meet with planning to get an understanding of their position, to express your position, and meet with the permit holder to resolve any of this? Do you, do you think more time would help, or is it something that we need to decide tonight? Kai and I have um, negotiated very well over the years. Um, and so it's, it's the element of surprise. I didn't, I didn't, there was no mention of second story additions when we talked to the, to the, or the day of the DR hearing. So all of a sudden, now there are second story additions off the back of the house that were never a consideration. So I thought, we went to the DR hearing, I thought that was the final final. They said, these nine things need to be corrected didn't say anything about go ahead and add anything else you want in the meantime. So I thought it was a done deal. I have, um, I'm very open to discuss with the project sponsor um, the changes and see if we can come to a compromise. And you previously said that your interactions with planning were positive, helpful. Great. I've if, ha I have a great relationship with the people in planning. So if is further communication with planning, would that be helpful? Yes. Great. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Vice President Lopez? Thank you. Uh, I also want to uh, echo uh, uh, Commissioner Lemberg's uh, admiration and praise for your organization and, and thank you for your testimony. Uh, this evening, I also want to thank my fellow commissioners for for their questioning, which which really tracked my thinking um, on this question this evening. I think one remaining question that I have <clears throat> with respect to the to the rear second floor pop out, um, and perhaps if this if this gets continued or if we need to decide this question, 
this evening it's going to be fodder for for those discussions but would would alternatives to eliminating uh, the pop out to alleviate privacy concerns such as you know privacy barriers or landscaping or um, you know building materials on on the balcony with like you know with with privacy shields so to speak would would those be something that that you would consider or or or, or is it a more uh, you know bimodal yes or no on on the pop out uh, question in your mind I don't think I know what privacy shields are. I don't, I mean, to, in my mind, the building comes out another five feet and then there's a deck after that. And so um, the five foot extension is, is solid, right? It's, it's a, a piece of the building. So I don't know how um, that could be I don't know how a privacy shield would work on that. On the deck, I understand, like, they could, you know, um, as could I. Like, I could put stuff on my deck that would, you know, block them out. But um, because there were no five-foot extensions off the back of the buildings, um, when we had the DR hearing, I did not find them acceptable to suddenly have them added when we walked out of that hearing thinking, you know what, that was good. They saw exceptional things that needed to be resolved. They listed nine things that needed to be changed. And they were, they were fairly definitive. It was like eliminate, it was align, it was remove. And so I did not consider that adding extensions was even a possibility. Thank you. Okay, thank you. You can be seated. We'll now hear from the permit holders representative, Mr. Chan. You have three minutes. Thank you. Um, I first off, I, I, I must commend um, Ms. Roddy because she she did basically create a, a, a very substantial organization to. Uh, to, to, for lack of a better term, try and, and stop my project. And I don't take that personally because I understand, you know, where she comes from. Uh, this is her, her house, her neighborhood. I came in out of nowhere. Uh, she thinks I'm some, somebody from, you know, out of town trying to ruin her, her you know, her, her personal space. Um, and that's the, couldn't be the furthest from the truth. Um, the reason we have this project is because one of my sons has been working in downtown San Francisco for over five years prior to uh, the pandemic. And his brother was coming back from Hong Kong and he was also talking about getting a job in San Francisco. He has since gotten married, has a child. The whole purpose of this was to put two families in those in those uh, proposed buildings. So um, I am saddened. They look at me as some sort of uh, uh, developer, 
but uh, I can't do anything about that. Uh, second of all, I, I, I truly believe we've done everything we could and then some to work uh, with Ms. Roddy and, and, you know, may he rest in peace. Her husband, Jim, was a true angel. I mean, they, you know, he was the most helpful and, and, and even, even Ms. Roddy, you know, uh, helped us, you know, uh, when we were out of town, she would keep an eye on our, uh, on our front yard. So I, I, I totally respect her. But I, I, I'm hoping she understands that there's nothing malicious in what we're trying to do. And for instance, the five foot that was added is basically because we were trying to really maximize faith for our kids because hopefully they'll have a growing family. And logically, I thought as an architect, you know, if I have to pull five feet in, I can push it downstairs and make it uh, uniform. And I don't believe that is unreasonable, especially if it's not outside the bounds of what's allowed. And uh, in terms of privacy, thank you. That's time, Miss. Uh, Mr. Chan, your, your time is up. We do have a couple questions uh, from Next President Swig and Commissioner Lumberg. It'll be five seconds. If you want to finish um, your sentence, go ahead. Okay. And, and, and I respect Ms. Roddy's privacy, but she doesn't understand. She's had her 10-foot deck looking over our, our property from the day we bought it. Okay. And, you Thank know, you. Thank you. Your time's up. President Swig. So I, I'm still trying. I, I'm I'm trying to f figure out how five foot pop out uh, comes into the picture. After uh, the, there's a DR and the D and Corey, maybe you can address this. Um, but I'll, I'll I'm still trying to figure out how five foot pop out pops out suddenly after there seems to be an agreement. Um, that's my my conundrum here. Um, uh, I, I, um, so, Mr. Chan, it, it seems that you and Ms. Roddy has, have had a great relationship, and, and I got to tell you something, it's really good, because most of the people who come in here, like, have venom in their eyes, and, I, and I'm the one who stands up and says, remember, you guys, you got to live next to each other, so chill, you know? But I, I compliment you on being so complimentary to each other and, and all that. Um, do you, Mr. Chen, do you, do you have any, we, we could do some things here, I believe. Um, we could say, we could be cr really cranky on this and say, you know, uh, we, uh, we're going to uphold the appeal and, uh, and issue the permit based on that based on the plans being reverted back to the 2019 hearing and 86, the, and that would get rid of the, the pop out real fast. We could do that, I think. Um, and I, I don't wanna do that, but because uh, there's a level of fairness there. You worked real hard, you sat with planning, planning okayed something, but again, there's suddenly a five foot pop out. Um, is there any uh, is there any room? And then again, we could continue this. 
um, as Commissioner Trusvenia suggests. And, um, and then Ms. Roddy said, boy, I'd like to have some time to further negotiate with Mr. Chan because he's been a real good person to negotiate with. So, uh, you know, our, our choices here are one, deny the appeal, two, continue it to, um, uh, to have more conversation. Three, we could just say, go revert back to the 2019 plans that were, um, uh, that were present at the end of the, the DR. Um, I want to ask the key question that I want to ask you, uh, do you have any room to uh, further negotiate with Ms. Roddy if we had a, a continuance on this? That's the only way I can see this. But do you have any room or do you want a final decision tonight where um, we might decide that bye-bye um, five would pop out or, uh, you know, this is Las Vegas. Um, you know, or, or, or we, we deny the appeal and, and you get your plans as you have uh, negotiated with, uh, with planning. So what are your feelings about that, given those three options? Suddenly you can get to be a commissioner, just like me. <laughs> Not much of a chance of that, but I appreciate the offer. Um, obviously, as a neighbor, I'm, I'm not here to make uh, Ms. Roddy's uh, life difficult, and I'm, I'm hoping it goes both ways. Uh, I, I think she has a definite concern with the front uh, balcony, and I think if we didn't do enough to, to clear even moving the bay and the massing away, and if the cornice is an issue, we, I'm happy to bring the cornice back to the side of the house so that you know she gets more light and air and view uh you know i think there's a way we can make it uh and so that it, it fits her needs and and still looks good from the street um the five feet i do beg the board that this is not something we did on a whim it was actually that was discussed amongst the family that uh, that was something you know my kids asked for and so i'd like to respect their wishes and uh if at all possible uh, you know i'm sure everybody's tired of this case uh, but i'd like to at least make the the modifications in the front if that's acceptable um so um and I don't want to get into the architecture business because I'm I'm not a ar trained architect, but and I, and I always, already screw up Corey's life enough messing with planning stuff. But is there any? Uh, did you see any compromise whatsoever with the five foot pop up out? Could could it be reduced? Could it be adjusted? Um, you know, her, her issue is privacy. Uh, it was suggested that the the deck have some privacy modifications. You know, I see lattice work in, in the future. I see an opaque structure. Um, I mean, that's what we've done, we've done with similar situations in the past. What are your thoughts on, on that back issue, please? I'm sorry, is this a question for well, my... For you. What, I, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, I'd be happy if, if we could provide some privacy, uh, either through lattice or some other form. Uh, our intent is not to impose on 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 their their privacy i mean we we appreciate ours um 
so that's certainly something we can talk about. I mean, that, that's not, I mean, I'm happy to say, you know, if you approve it with lattice up to whatever height you wish, uh, that, that's not a problem. Okay, uh, so if we went, if we went to, I, I'm hearing that we got some negotiation, negotiating opportunity in the front. I hear we have some negotiating opportunity in the back. Uh, so it, it would not, you wouldn't respond if, if we did a, a short continuance, so you could work out these little details, and um, uh, it wouldn't present to you a manifest injustice at this point if we had a short continuance to uh, let you to continue your constructive conversations? Is there a way to allow the permit to proceed? Because if we're down to a very minor aspect of the project, uh, I, we've been at this uh, for six years for, for a house renovation. I know. And uh, I, I don't want to tell you how many dollars it's cost us in, in mortgage and so on. Uh, so every day is kind of important. Um, and, and I'm, I'm happy to meet with Ms. Roddy and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, anybody from the city planning office, uh, but, uh, if no other changes are, you know, in discussion, uh, I see our plans going through the city will take at least two months if, if we're lucky. So I, I, I would hope we'd have it resolved in, in a matter of days, if not a, a week or two. Uh, that, that I, I feel your pain. I hear that pain just about every hearing. I think the process of getting things done in the city is really long and really painful, and I'm sorry for that. But if we can, if we can move towards resolution and we don't have to make an arbitrary decision like cut your pop off, pop out out, uh, I think that it's kind of worth a further negotiation. That would be my point of view. But I'll, I'll we'll discuss that amongst the commissioners as we move forward and then Mr. Teague can have us uh, give us some direction as he's about to step to the mic. Thank you very much for answering my questions. Appreciate oh, it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We'll now hear from the planning department. Okay, I'm hoping to show some graphics that will help understand a little bit for the rear. Just a little bit of response to some of the early stuff. Um, in terms of kind of the total timeline, you know, the, the, the DR action happened on February 20th, 2020. The following month, we hit COVID. Um, the project planner left the department, had to be reassigned to a new project planner. That all, all of that took time. My understanding is that the appellant had, was involved in providing comments on iterations of the plans and had comments on the final plans that are before you. The same comments that are here on appeal, essentially, those, those grievances were raised and discussed and understood when the planning department took final action on that. So it, there wasn't like a, a, a ghosting kind of situation there from that perspective. Um, I think seeing the two plans back to back, and hopefully this will show up okay in the overhead, is helpful. Oh, it's gonna be a weird glare there. I'm not sure if there's a way to. That bright light is making it difficult. I know, I was hoping there's a way to, ooh, there you go, magician. Wonderful, thank you. So this was the original proposal. And you'll see um, what's really important here is you'll see, I gotta get the lines here. You see six here, that's the back of the building essentially. So five foot pop out is measured from six. 
the original ground floor extended further out and had more of a deck. The reason, and the architect can speak to this more, but I think the reason they had the inset at the second floor was to have more of a deck there. So you see the third story actually overhang and had a balcony. Um, and the Planning Commission action just said, the pop-out shall be no greater than five feet, or no deeper than five feet, and that's it. So in response to that, this was all reduced much further in the rear. Um, this is line six again. Um, so the third floor was bought back all the way to the building line, actually. not They didn't pop out five feet. They took the third, third floor further back than what was required and basically replaced that mass down here on the second floor instead of creating, having a, a cantilevered situation again. This here is a landing. It's not a full-on deck. It's not the full width of the building. It's not the minimum required size of a landing. It's a little bit bigger, but it's essentially a landing. It's not a space where you're going to get a bunch of people out there standing, and, and that's basically just a landing to these stairs to go down to the rear yard. 30 seconds. So that kind of gives you the context of what the, the rationale was. Again, this pop-out um, could have been limited here to the five-foot um, they took it further and just kind of changed the context of the rear of the building to be less deep overall and shift that mass down to the second floor instead of the third floor. And that was deemed within, you know, it met what the planning commission's requirement was to keep the pop out to no more than five feet, actually shifted the mass down. It actually reduced, you know, the, the bottom you, floor is also reduced in depth. Thank you. We Happy have to answer any more questions. Yeah. Sorry. We have a question from President Swig, then Commissioner Epler. He's a tricky commission. We have these little things here that put places in line. He said, if you're really clever, you can you can change the order. And, and Commissioner Epler, I was number two. Mr. Epler <laughs> made himself number two. And that was tricky. Okay, now I have to perform. So can you put your, your uh, the thing that we did, the, the drawings up there? Overhead, please. Okay, so... We, we, I understand the five, that five feet is not necessarily five feet of pop out. It was re, rejiggering of the massing, and, and there was sensitivity around that to the neighbor. That's my, my feeling on that. Um, so, but that still doesn't, and I'm, what I'm trying to do here, uh, it's always dangerous, uh, is, is not to go. I, I'd, ra I'd rather make a decision tonight than extending this because I'm sensitive to the project sponsor and the amount of time that's taken. But if it takes to take another hearing, um, let's, let's get it right. So I'm trying to walk that tight, tight rope. So the, the, the issue expressed by the, the appellant is one of privacy in the back. So, and I understand that five, the five foot pop out is really not a five foot pop out. It's change of massing. And I see that the landing is not a a deck it's a land it's a landing and that the uh, so i get your point what can we do in the back to um, mitigate the privacy issue as expressed by the appellant i mean that's that's a, that's a tough tough question because there may be multiple things that can be done. I, I, I would maybe need the appellant. Can you maybe we, need to can ask we do it tonight or do we do, do, do we leave it? Do we, we say we'll hear this later after the two of them get together? I mean, it depends on if the appellant's concerned about privacy is people on the balcony or people on the landing. 
or just windows from the rear portion of the building. I'm not sure if I know. What I heard, what I heard from her is that um, she's worried about that on the, the deck extension there will be people out there and uh, they will be reviewing the activities around her house, which isn't in position on her so privacy. So this, this area here, uh, uh, the, the landing? The second floor, because um, I, we're, 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 yeah. Can we ask, um, is it the landing or is it the balcony that you're concerned with? I'm s sorry, can you come up to the microphone? Yeah. Are you, you're asking her a question because we can't understand. Yeah, if, if can you come like to the come microphone? Up, this is, we, we don't normally do this, but I'm trying to work on something here that, it, so where, where's your privacy issue, please? So the, the plans that, that we looked at at DBI had five foot extensions and then either a five or seven foot deck after that. Are you not showing that? Corey, I don't. I don't have access to the plans. No, so I can't. I, I, that's why we're we're trying to do this so we can satisfy everybody's needs. So, do you see a five foot? Do you see a deck there, Corey? And do you see any? Well, I think this is the distinction between. Um, a landing and a deck, and I'm going to yeah. try to. If you bear with me, if we're still showing the overhead, a, d a deck for me is where you go out and have a barbecue and right. and have a you know lounge and so there is sun. you know as issued there is this five foot landing that extends out and yeah. you know, you go down to the stairs. Yeah. And what I want to be able to do is show that in rear elevation, so you have a better understanding of what that actually is. And there, there is the landing to, for these stairs. This is a larger door here at the rear, so you can come out to that landing and go down so these stairs. So between the windows that and landing the could be made that is five smaller. feet. Yeah, that, that landing, I mean, I don't know exactly how much smaller, given the nature of the opening and what's minimum required for the stair. I, I do believe that landing could be made a little bit smaller, but this is not, you know, it is not a... It's five feet deep, and I don't know what the exact width is, but it's not, it's not to the level of like a large deck where people are going to be able to put a bunch of chairs and, and stand around. It's not, definitely not the same kind of deck that was there before. Um, so I don't know if reducing that landing to the minimum required but under the building code would be a potential option to still give the ability to obviously exit down there and go down the stairs but not be big enough where people can maybe hang out, you know, on that landing, if that would be an adequate response. Okay, given, given that, go, go back to my first question. Given the side view and given the access and uh, uh, site access to the neighbor, is there any way uh, under any circumstances to um, create a privacy, any privacy screen whatsoever? And I understand your point, it's not really a deck, it's a landing. And I can see that, you know, if you put a six foot chaise lounge there to lie back on, that wouldn't fit. Y yeah, and I mean, if you the, put a four foot table with two chairs, that wouldn't foot, uh, fit. I mean, and it's already really set back five feet, right. approximately from the property line. So if you wanted to do anything that's really going to provide any kind of privacy, that's going to be a pretty substantial wall along so, the property line. So, so it, it would have to be a, a, a wall. Of some sort. I mean, obviously, if it's a yeah. if it's about visual privacy, there's going to be something solid or mostly solid so, and of a fairly substantial height there. Yeah. And so, lattice uh, a, a lattice screen 
with uh, with flora would not that would not that would not so that's not realistic. I mean, I think there's just there's a spectrum of effectiveness, you know, yeah. depending on fair what you added. Let's yeah. jump let's jump to the front, please. You didn't show us the front, but we're we're, we're having our conversation. Uh, what about the uh, the front and the offer by the project sponsor to uh, make some adjustments there. Is that something that uh, we could verbalize and handle tonight if we wanted to have a result and, and get this is this is responding to the project sponsors uh, plea that we've been doing this long enough. Can we please get a permit? So what 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 could we do tonight after hearing him say that yes, I can give up some of the the overhang. Well, let's just make a distinction here. So originally, you can see um, so this is the appellant's balcony here. Originally, the proposal was for this building, like the full mass of this building, to, ex to project closer to the street mm -hmm. than this balcony. Now, this the same level of projection still exists on these plans, but it's only for that cornice. It's not for the actual um, you know, story and building itself. So I can go and show you what I mean by that. So the ground floor. So on the second floor, there is this notch here this, to respond to the balcony. And then at the next floor, see if I can, no, oh, I'm accidentally touching the wrong buttons here. Yeah, so that's that's the the notch that was basically provided um, in response. But again, it's just the cornice line that goes out further. And that's that's an architectural feature. That's not a you know. I think there's wiggle room there if that's really a, a sticking point. That's obviously not taking floor area away, et cetera. If that's a huge issue, I mean, if you're looking for places to to address um, so what do you do with that what do you do with that cornice do you is it stupid to alleviate that cornice or is it smarter to review the the ex, the size of the cornice and and roll it back i mean I, the board has the can look at this issue in two ways right one is you're judging the consistency with the planning commission's decision you also have the full discretion that the planning commission had when they had dr so right you could, if you know, the board could, it'd be at your discretion to say, reduce the cornice, get rid of the cornice, the cornice is okay. Um, obviously, the planning department felt like the cornice was fine, and the notch at the actual, of the building itself was adequate to respond to the balcony, consistent with what the planning commission asked for. Um, but it's the board's discretion to make changes to that cornice. So going like. back to the initial uh, complaint from, the, as I hear from the appellant, uh, was that cornice there at the, when the the 2019 plans um, came no, out of the uh, came out of the um, DR? No, there wasn't the cornice there. The the whole building followed the outline of that cornice. You know, what I'm oh, saying? Okay. like the, so the whole the, building itself. So the, the building was set back and the cornice remained. Yes. All right. Yeah. And is it uh, is 
So the impact is that there's a, there's a architectural feature there, which is a that's right. I mean, the, the massing was reduced and pulled back, but the cornice was okay. was uh, remained. Okay. So the discussion that the and uh, the discussion that I heard from Mr. Chan is that he would be willing to pull back that cornice. Is it does that make a is is that of any what benefit is that to anybody, or in your view? Sure. I mean, a, a cornice like this or or an eave like it's it's going to have design value right from the architecture and the design. It may also provide some sun shading into the windows below, so it may have some functional as well. I mean, so it has those levels of importance to the design. It's not floor area, like it's not right. It's not the not it's not the same thing as is as, as moving walls. Um, so there is that distinction. And what negative impact might that have on the next door neighbor, who the the appellant? I, I, I would have the appellant speak speak to that issue specifically in terms of what impacts that cornice would have on their on their balcony okay all right i mean i see that's the, the those are the the two issues tonight and the rest of the, the commissions commissioners and ourselves can have that discussion to see whether we uh stall this or or go ahead you know so i think we have another question from commissioner trisvenia and then we i don't know if the building department yeah. Wants to, okay, so just. Uh, I'm, I'm done. Commissioner Trezvenia. Uh, th th thank you, and I um, appreciate all, all of your creativity and trying to come up with ideas just on, on the fly here. Uh, you started to say, I appreciate you, you looking back at the record to see what communications there, are, there were with the appellants. Uh, is it fair to say that the appellant, post the Planning Commission hearing and decision, and the nine uh, revisions that the appellant continued to be involved in the process or have input? That's my understanding, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, thank you. No further questions. Okay. Does DBI want to weigh in? Um, I just wanted to clarify. Uh, point earlier that the plans were available for viewing upon issuance. Um, the appellant was saying she couldn't view the plans. Um, they were available for viewing. You just can't get printed copies of them because it's, you know, copyrighted material. So I just wanted to clarify that point. And if, you, if they weren't available, I'd like to... No, I did view them. Oh, okay. We Sorry. Down, we had to go down there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's, that's just the point there. And you're asking what the minimum size of a deck was, 30, 36, sorry, a landing, is 36 inches. So if you wanted to reduce that, it should be minimum 36 inches. I'm available for any questions? No. Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions. So commissioners, this matter is submitted. Um, commissioners, with your, your permission, I'd like to ask Ms. Roddy the impact of uh, the, the cornice in its current state versus uh, if it were removed or reduced. Could you step to the mic, Ms. Roddy? What's, what's the impact of the cornice in the front to you? Um, well, the way that the DR uh, recommendations were made, the, the commissioners said pretty much remove everything that's on the front of the building, all these breeze delays and everything, step the building back. So didn't understand that um, after the DR hearing, after those plans were 
the plans that they said were the plans in effect, didn't understand that he could step the building back and then add a cornice. It didn't, it, it didn't make sense. Like, why would you step the building back to give me more light or whatever to my window and then add a two and a half foot roof overhang that, um, that didn't make sense to me. And I don't think we've ever addressed the pop out that was further along the building, which is a six foot by two and a half foot pop out that shows that there's a toilet in there. And that, that was not, that was not on those plans either, so. Um, the, the, the cornice is that, now that you've seen the, why the, the, the cornice was really the remainder of, of what happened after there was less massing, does it, is that a, a live and die situation for you or? or? Nothing is live and die no, now. I understand. But is it, is it a, is it a, is a, is it a critical, critical issue for you? Because it's really just, it's design. You know, it's, it's my red tie versus my blue tie, um, except it's a permanent thing. And I don't, I don't, I don't raise the question flippantly. It's not. Okay, thank you. Appreciate your truthfulness. Okay, we have some questions. Um, so what? Uh, we're gonna, we're in, we're in. Uh, okay. Um, I do notice that the permit holder's architect is raising his hand. You did give Ms. Roddy an opportunity to speak. Maybe he wants to add something, or are you done talking we'll, to him? We'll find out. Okay. Okay, guys. Let's rock and roll. Uh, Commissioner Chazinia, you're, you're next on the list. Uh, thank you, and I'm glad to see in person the demonstration of the SWIG Big Heart generosity and creativity that you and your family are so well known for <laughs> trying to resolve this matter and I, I I think up until Mr. Teague's last testimony I would have been inclined to say the appellant had, was left out of the process the appellant thought going through the planning commission it was going to be one thing and now it's suddenly something else but according to Mr. Teague, the appellant has had the opportunity to be involved in this process since that time. At least that's the testimony. I think we run a very, as, as much as we want to resolve this tonight and do it with speed, I, I think we run a tremendous risk of getting it wrong. And I also think that in, in the same way that this house is more than a house, to the Roddies. It's more than a house to the Chans. Uh, Mr. Chan has talked about family members, second generation, having the, 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 the expansion is for the purpose of the, fa of, of the family. I believe, given the goodwill that has been expressed on both sides, that we should give them the opportunity to, to try to resolve this quickly uh, and, and at, at the next, at, at whatever early hearing we can get them back uh, and, and see what they have to say. Maybe there's some other ideas that they have that we're not thinking of tonight because we've never seen the property. All we know is the maps and the testimony so that we'd give them an opportunity to uh, resolve this on their own. If they can't, then, then we are obviously required to make a decision. But I would give them the opportunity to do this and I would move to continue this uh, to, uh, to a date that uh, 
uh, is agreeable to the parties. Commissioner Epler. Thank you. Um, I, I agree with uh, Commissioner Trisvini. I, I think that we have uh, run a real risk of making uh, a sort of hash of this that that neither neither party is completely happy with, and you know our lack of ability to be creative and thought in ways that both they can because they understand their issues better than we do, and with the guidance of of planning as well to come up with creative ideas. Um, j just uh, to, to bookend where where I would go otherwise um, is I, I I look at this very strictly um, because. I'm trying to figure out what the universe is of changes that can happen after a discretionary review. And to, in my mind, they have to be those changes that are strictly necessary to comply with what the commission said. Otherwise, you have the whole of the planning code as your universe is those changes, and that's an absurdist uh, perspective. And so, you know, it, there is no provision for adding a five-foot thing. It says to reduce the depth of the five-foot thing that's out there, and that's the one that exists at that time. So. I would knock that out. I mean, we could argue about some of these other components as well, but I'm not convinced that's the best outcome for everyone once they talk about it and their needs and everything else. And so I think that a better project can come out of this negotiating than, you know, whether I lose on my hardline perspective or whatever compromise we come up with ourselves gets passed. Um, much better for the parties to work it out in this time. Mr. Lemberg. Thank you. Uh, I, I concur with uh, almost everything Commissioners Trasvini and Epler said. I, um, well, similar to Commissioner Epler, was prepared to grant the appeal tonight, but I actually don't think that that's the best um, outcome tonight uh, because uh, of reasons uh, my fellow commissioners have stated that this uh, that uh, the, the parties seem to uh, be able to negotiate pretty well amongst themselves. Uh, and I don't think that we are the best suited people to be making the design changes. Um, and, and so for that reason, I, I would support the continuance request. I also just wanted to add, I think, you know, it, it's very clear to me that this should have been heard before the Planning Commission, uh, that we are not the appropriate place for this to be heard. But uh, alas, the Planning Commission did not uh, hear this matter and uh, Ms. Roddy appealed to us instead. Um, and being as we are vested with de novo review of uh, of matters like this, uh, I you know, I, I'm pretty upset with the process that got us here. Um, I'm I, I don't think I've I've kept that a secret very well, but I'm I'm quite upset with it. And again, it's not the fault of anyone in this room or in this hearing tonight. So, um, but uh, for those reasons, I, I was ready and willing to kind of you know. Uh, grant the appeal and, and do this, but I, I wouldn't have known what motion to make, frankly. So um, I do think it is the best, uh, the best path forward tonight to continue this and allow the parties uh, an, uh, another opportunity to try to resolve some of the issues and at the very least come back to us at the continued hearing date with um, at least, at the very least, a narrower set of issues, uh, if nothing else. So. Uh, and uh, for that reason, I would support the motion Commissioner Trasvenia may or may not have made already. <laughs> Commissioner Lopez. Thank you. Uh, I would also support a continuance for the reasons stated, hopefully a, a brief continuance uh, to, to also address the, the permit holders 
uh, interest in in uh, controlling costs for a, a project that's that's been going on for a while. Uh, to the extent that it's helpful, I would you know telegraph how at least this commissioner uh, views you know some of the, the the balls that are in the air. I think we've heard uh, the permit holder essentially say, "Cornice, no cornice, you know, we we can live without it." We also heard the appellant state, "Not life and death," you know, like like most things before us. Um, you know, in my mind, if if it can go or stay, but it does present some imposition on uh, the neighbor's enjoyment uh, of of the property, and it's not a must-have in the same way that usable space is. Um, in my mind, that that jump ball should go uh, for the appellant. Um, again, just one person's opinion. Um, with respect to the 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 relatively new pop out, um, I am I am sympathetic to the permit holders' uh, efforts to both assuage the needs of of, of his growing family uh, and also to accommodate uh, the the impacts and effects of the 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 commission's uh, guidance and in action and the DRA which said hey take this one back and and I'm sympathetic that if if you know the planning uh, department is is telling us hey we blessed this adjustment where they in good faith you know reconfigured some of the usable space that they would have otherwise had access to with this new pop-out, I am sympathetic to that. But I'll, at the same time, I'm sympathetic to uh, the the appellant's you know privacy needs. I will say that I feel a little bit you know better about that that pop-out and its impact on privacy after seeing uh, the the angles that Mr. Teague shared with us. Um, I feel a little bit better about that. Um, you know, when I was op as compared to operating off of, you know, memory and and hearing it described as a balcony with with the lounge chairs and, and the hangout uh, opportunity. Uh, but I also understand that, you know, that's what happens if if um, if you don't have plans that you can, you know, huddle up and review with with your uh, advisors and 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 discuss, you know, openly uh, with with the permit holder and with planning in the room uh, and so that that's that's also another reason why I, I support a, a brief continuance is to be able to have those open and, and uh, productive uh, conversations um, and again commend both sides for 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 earnest you know well presented arguments and and what's clearly you know good faith efforts to 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 get to a, a good resolution, but um, I guess I'm less, I have less of a problem categorically. Um, if we had to decide this this evening, I, I would have less of a problem categorically with the pop out, um, you know, uh, based solely on the basis that it was not included in the 
in the in the latest uh, version of the the DR plants. Um, all that is to say, again, just just one one guy's views of of how we would how I would uh, propose that we deal with it if if we were to decide this evening. But it sounds like uh, we'll we'll postpone. Okay, before we go to a vote, um, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not a lover of continuances, um, but I, I, I am, I am taken by, <laughs> I am take. So wonderful to have polite people uh, testifying in front of us who actually have respect for each other. I, it re, it doesn't happen very often. So, Mr. Chan, Ms. Roddy. You're awesome, because we sit here and we hear, we don't hear great manners qu quite so often with such constructive nature. So I would like to compliment both of you on that, because it just is so rare. And, and, and normally one of the reasons I don't like continuances is I think in the back of my mind, oh, they're just going to go and argue and, and have a cat fight, and it's going to be ugly, and what are we going to, what are we going to get out of it? I honestly feel that you all are so nice, such nice people with such constructive behavior that you're going to come back with us with, with something constructive. Mr. Chen, I feel your pain of the extensive nature of this has taken years, but as Mr. Mr. Teague points out, there was a little COVID interruption and staff changes, so I hope uh, a couple more weeks won't hurt you too bad. Um, I, I would like to support the continuance, but I'd like to put some restrictions on it. I only want to hear, I would only like to hear about three things. I want to hear about the cornice in front. I want to hear about the pop out and back. And I want to hear about the, the pop out on the side. Nothing else because that, or else we're, we're in rehearing world. Okay. So um, if I could, uh, I'd like to respectfully, uh, 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 put an appendix on the the motion so that it would only be restricted to the discussion of those three items, please. I forget who made the motion. Was it you, John? I, I, I did, President Swig, but I am wondering whether if there are ways to either trade off matters or other matters dealing with this property then we're going to if they, if th they can this do is that, my this is my fear if I, they can I, do that then i think we should empower them to do that well let, let's see if we can restrict them i'd like to them to restrict their trade-offs to those three items because they may say okay i'll trade the corners for the for the pop out or or whatever and i'd like to leave it to them but i like to keep it tight so we don't get into a whole rehearing thing and we're discussing new new matters when we really only have three things that the appellant has identified as really important to her. So that's why I, I, I pray your indulgence on this, this um, augmentation uh, to your motion. I, I am pleased to uh, accept your amendment, okay. uh, which I would believe to be we're moving to continue this matter for the purpose of the parties, including the city, to address the three uh, objections to the current plan and to report back on their progress and hopefully and decisions on those three items or else if they don't then what happens is then you put it in our hands and that's really dangerous so you don't want to do that i don't want that in my motion yeah uh commissioner lopez you have your your light 
I, I just wanted to clarify. I, I believe what I understand the motion to be and what, what makes sense to me is that we, we essentially are limiting what a future hearing would address, which yes. are those three su subjects. Yes. But in terms of other elements outside of those three items that may be involved in horse trading to get you to a resolution on those three items, I think those should be on the table. So if, if you're saying, hey, but we need, a, we need a bush here where one wasn't there before or something, I mean, I, I, in my mind, that, that may help facilitate some, some deal making if I wouldn't want to put a restriction on what, what can be discussed in the private conversation. I'm just trying to ha not have a rehearing, and I also want to I also want to limit the testimony to uh, to five minutes for e three each minutes. party. Three minutes mm -hmm. for both parties. Thank you. Did I say you said five. three minutes? Okay. I think President Swig, our direction to the parties is keep it tell tight. Us, tell us how you resolve these three matters. If it's resolved by doing something that we've never heard of, that's all right. Yep. But that's how you resolve. This is what we're Commissioner Lopez, here. does that work for you? These three items. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Can I clarify, though, President Swig? It's my understanding there's a pop-out in the front and a pop-out in the rear, and then there's the cornice. But you said something no, there's about a, a pop-out no, on the there's side. No, there's a cornice in the front, there's a pop-out in the rear, and there's a pop-out on the right-hand side, which included the, a bathroom. Okay. Okay, and all those were different from the original set of plans that were offered uh, at the end of the DR. Okay, would November 15th work for the parties? That's our next hearing. Would you be prepared at that time to move forward, Mr. Chan? November 15th. That's uh, our I'm next possible hearing. Also on a Wednesday? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that, that would be fine. Thank you. Ms. Roddy? Okay. You guys are awesome. Right. And uh, okay, so um, do, you, do you want me to just restate? what you, I believe your motion is, or do you want to, okay. Yeah, what I gather, um, Commissioner Trasvenia is making a motion to continue this matter to November 15th to give an opportunity for the parties to resolve the following three issues, uh, the cornice, the pop-out on the side, and the pop-out on the rear, um, to resolve this with input from the planning department. Is that it? Okay, so, and then we will, do you want to allow them to submit a one-page uh, statement with exhibits? A, a, a one-page statement, but also somebody should come armed with uh, uh, a, somebody should come with uh, showing us how those plans would be changed. Okay. Okay, that's probably the project architect. If that's, they come to an agreement. Yeah, if they come to an agreement. Okay, so the parties, um, we would like that one-page double-spaced statement on the Wednesday prior to the hearing, because Friday is a holiday, so that would be Wednesday, November 8th by 4.30 p.m. If you could email it to boardofappeals.sfgov.org, and you can have unlimited exhibits if there's an agreement. We would like to see how the plans um, look. You can attach it. Attach them as an exhibit. So uh, on that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries five to zero, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you so much. Hi. Uh, hello? Yes? 
I'm sorry, uh, who, who at planning should we? Um, Corey Teague could, will work with you. Yeah. Yes, he, you have his email address. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you have Corey just... Teague's email address? It's Okay, yes, yeah, no, no perfect. Corey's okay. great, he's been very helpful, thank you. Okay, Corey, Miss Roddy, do you know how to contact Mr. Teague? Okay, thank you. Thanks, thank you very much. Thanks everyone for their patience. We're now moving on to item number seven. This is a special item, the draft uh, annual report for fiscal year 23 for the Board of Appeals. And as you know, the charter requires all boards and commissions to issue an annual report and it gives the public an opportunity to see what we have done. I know you've all had ample time to review, and I did get some proposed changes from Commissioner Lemberg, Commissioner Trisvenia, and City Attorney Jen Huber for, the, for this report. And so I thought, since I don't believe there's any member of the public here for the report, I don't need to you know, explain it unless you want me to, but I thought I would run through quickly the proposed changes. So I'm just gonna pull the report out and so we'll just go through by page. So on is, page- Is there any member of the public which is, who, who is on Zoom? Is there any, is there anyone in uh, the attendee column that would like to participate in the annual report? Please raise your hand. I think these people were here for the last item. Okay. That's no fine. one's raising their hand. Okay, so we, we can't neglect the. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't want to participate, but I, I <laughs> it's don't so know. exciting. It's fascinating, though. It, it's... What's wrong with them? No, okay. So um, the first change will be on page four. Um, in the color version, you'll see that I intended to alternate the colors of the columns, but I didn't for the column, I'm sorry, the rows for row two and row three, they're the same color. And if we're trying to have an alternating scheme, so that's uh, one change. So if we move to page five, um, this is a substantive change. Thank you, Commissioner Lemberg. Um, he pointed out that he was appointed before Commissioner Trisvenia, and I went back and dug up the paperwork. And uh, we do need to make a correction. Uh, Commissioner Trisvenia was appointed by the Board of Supervisors on July 26, 22, and he was sworn in July 27th. So I would just change the appointment date. Um, and then, so thank you for that. And then in terms of the footnotes, Commissioner Lemberg noted that there's an inconsistency with how the commissioners are described um, in uh, more specifically in footnote number four, there's a reference to former commissioner Eduardo Santacana and his full name is given, whereas in the other footnotes, only the last name. So just in order to have consistency, we can remove um, Eduardo's first name. Okay, and then, so let's go on to page eight. So I got a footnote. Okay, so, uh, Commissioner Trisvenia pointed out that the discussion in the last paragraph regarding wireless box appeals is also made in footnote eight, found on page 16. So I recommend that we delete footnote eight as it's duplicative. Thank you. And then on page nine, 
uh, let me see, page nine, the second chart also has the alternating color issue, so it's a matter of just changing the color of the rows. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, Julie, Julie, excuse me. Did, yes? I am informed that you're on mute. I, I, I was also told that. Uh, oh, okay, well. Our audio is not coming through. Okay, um, I'm showing my microphone on, so but can we check with SFGovTV? SFGovTV, the people on Zoom cannot hear me. They're saying oh, yeah. that they're hearing me loud and clear. Maybe whoever is listening on Zoom is on mute. Pardon? Okay. I've, I've been okay. told Do you want me to now. start over? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we, I just talked about the ch change in the second chart of the alternating colors on page nine. Let's move to page 12. And Commissioner Trezvina had a good suggestion um, that uh, the chart should go past to present left to right like the other charts in the report. So we can do that. Page 15. Uh, I, I didn't notice this, but the chart, um, the first chart, uh, Commissioner Shazvina noted that there's no need for the graph to delineate half appeals. <laughs> That's my uh, lack of skill in Excel, but I can fix that. Thank you so much for, for, for spotting that sharp eye. So we can fix that. Then on page 20, Uh, on the last bullet point, uh, it's the example, the EG should be E period, G period, then a comma. So we need to add a period and a comma. Thank you, Commissioner Lemberg. And then going to page 24. Uh, the font in the table at the top of the page is inconsistent within itself and also inconsistent with the table on page 23. So we'll make the fonts consistent. That was uh, from Commissioner Lemberg. And then page 26 and 28, this is in the litigation section. Uh, Commissioner Lemberg noticed that there was a floating title for the text on page 26 and also at the bottom of page 28. So we could move those to make them go with the, the substance of the report. Uh, and then Commissioner Trisvini on page 26 for the paragraph discussing, it's basically the second paragraph discussing the Donofrio case. He suggested deleting the last sentence, which we can do. And then page 28. Okay, so Commissioner Trisvina, under the Turon case, Commissioner Trisvina pointed out um, that the, the trial was scheduled for May 2023, not is scheduled since we've passed May, so that's just a change from is to was. And let me see, moving on to page 29, Commissioner Trisvina, line three from the top, um, change 
accessory dwelling unit to ADU to make it consistent with an earlier reference to an ADU. And then with respect to the Susie Chen case in the third paragraph, Ms. Chen is referred to as there and her, and we should make it consistent, it should be her. So um, page 30, Commissioner Trisvina suggested we, we add some dates for that. Um, and also, uh, City, Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber su suggested that we uh, update the language for 2700 Sloat. And I gave you that language in advance. Um, also, Commissioner Trisvina wanted for consistency, the last sentence should say the property owner, include property, just to be consistent. So those are the proposed changes. So, Commissioner Lumberg? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll make a motion in a minute. I just wanted to uh, laud BOA staff and, and applaud BOA staff for not only creating this excellent report, uh, but also uh, achieving the 100% mark with, uh, with the timing of our cases, which I think is very impressive. Uh, and also exceeding the uh, the other metric, the uh, the 80% one. I uh, applaud all of the Board of Appeals staff. Uh, this tells me that you're doing your jobs really, really well, and I thank you for that. Uh, and with that said, I would move to adopt the annual report with all of the changes that Ms. Rosenberg just went through. And just one further comment. i also like to uh, applaud my fellow commissioners on their care to actually read the report, proofread it, come up with such constructive uh, uh, comments uh, that make a good report even better. Thank you very much. Once on law review, always on law review. <laughs> okay, I do have to ask if there's any public comment for this item, please raise your hand. We, I do see three attendees. I don't see any hands raised. So we have a motion from Commissioner Lemberg to adopt the report as amended by Commissioner Lemberg, Commissioner Trisvenia, and Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber. So on that motion, Vice President Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Trisvenia. Aye. Commissioner Epler. Aye. President Swig. Aye. So that motion carries five to zero and the report is adopted as amended. Thank you. That concludes the hearing. Thank you. Uh, we'll see each other in uh, two weeks.